0: I'd like to take his face... Oh. Should call himself ass kick instead.
1: Have you ever been dragged to the sidewalk and beat to you... PAST FLY! Am I getting through to you? Oh.
0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to We Bought a Nick on We Bought a Mic. A pop culture cage cast. A pop culture World War II cast. Mm-hmm. Never forget. The Pacific Front.
1: Never forget Pearl Harbor. And I will say that um, in advance, we will be making no Pearl Harbor jokes because it is too soon.
0: Mm-hmm. Pearl Harbor is too soon?
1: Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. frankly, you'll go down with that ship. Yeah, <laughs> I will. I will go down with the ship. That was good. That was good. Yeah, i to mean, throw my Titanic? hands up and surrender. There will be no white flag upon my door. Oh, okay. I am loving It took me a second to figure out. And always will be. Great. Yo, know, come on. Let's throw some ditto on here. Can ditto uh, take us out? Was she talking tonight? about Pearl Harbor? <laughs> she was talking <laughs> <Yeah>. about Titanic.
0: <laughs> okay. We're talking wind talkers. Talking talkers, talking, when talking, when talking, when talkers um, deep in this Nicolas Cage series um, in this in the second round, in the second half of the series here. I'm Ernest.
1: I am Oh, God, I didn't plan a thing ahead of time. So and I'm Drew. I am Hunter. <laughs> and coming in hot with
0: his second Nicolas Cage movie that he's actually discussed. Yeah, you're you're honestly your premiere episode. You were a trailblazer. Was, on the train. It was like a backdoor <laughs> pilot for this series. That has uh, with, crossed my mind. With matchstick men. <laughs> your uh, influence <laughs> is untold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Joining us again. Our our sugar daddy, our <laughs> our lead patron, our executive producer, Brian Adams. Welcome back. How you doing? Hey,
2: I really appreciate it. I'm good. I'm good. I might be Nick Cage's biggest fan in Kansas. It's up for debate.
1: OK, but I might be. What are the other nominees? Um, is, is John is, Ham? John Ham is Paul Rudd up there, <laughs> or are they Missouri side? I can No, no. He's saying John, John Saint
2: Louis. Of okay. all the oh, people Santa. that live in
0: Kansas that like Nick. Oh,
1: Cage. Yeah, that's what we're saying. Uh, I think. Where's Judy Garland at? Like John Ham
2: could be a bigger fan of Nick Cage than I
1: am. I hey. think
0: I've heard that Tyreek Hill just loves
1: Nick <laughs> Cage. <laughs> um. Anyway. Well, of all the of all of his passions, I mean, that's one of the more uh okay ones to have so so talkers is about uh the navajo code talkers during world
0: war II in the 1940s it also stars nick cage as a surly soldier with ptsd and a big old hole in his fucking eardrum
2: mm-hmm.
0: brian why did you pick this movie
2: okay so just like with matchstick man i remembered about 15 minutes of it from watching it 10 or 15 years ago and I thought that was a pretty good movie. And it's so weird because both of these films turned out to be some tamed cage. Right. And they're good. It's different. I didn't remember it being so straight shooting. I don't know. He's mm-hmm. very late.
0: Mm-hmm. Matt, mm-hmm. matchstick stick men. We get a lot more cage going. Cage. You get neurotic cage. Yeah. Yeah. He's there's a lot more for him to do in this movie. He is doing almost nothing to the point that I really was wanting him to be another actor <laughs> because like he has he has that thing we've talked about it before in his other roles where like characters sort of just gravitate toward him and want him to like them but cage at this point he's he's aged a good bit since like a few years ago yeah, cage is aged and he's so surly he has no positive traits and so you're just like he's ugly too like what are we <laughs> why is Weird everyone cut why does this lady want to fuck him <laughs> yeah the nurse Mm -hmm. hey
1: that's very quick she basically commits a felony lying (laughs) in that hearing exam yeah that's i have a lot of thoughts about nick cage's hearing and like if that even matters at all because once he gets out into the battle it seems like like it's fine like there's Mm -hmm. no real issues he's not like he stumbles around every now and then but it doesn't seem to affect his ability to kill I don't know, uh, conservatively, like seven to eight thousand Japanese <laughs> soldiers during the course of the movie. Um, just just that's his own uh, kill ratio. I right feel there. like whenever John Woo was making this movie, he was picturing like maybe like Marlon Brando or Dennis Hopper in Apocalypse <laughs> Now. No, no, in Apocalypse Now, like that's what they they wanted, like yeah. the surly sergeant who had seen some shit to be in there. But Nick Cage is like what we've now come to learn of Nick Cage as a character is he has to go kind of insane. And whenever he tried to play it very internal and very like as somebody actually suffering from PTSD would who doesn't have uh like explosive um kind of moments come out of him of his trauma affecting him, then it's just it's it's strange, it's a different cage. So just to kind of
0: backtrack for a second here, we did uh, City of Angels last week, which was his direct follow up to Face Off, um, the action masterpiece that teamed uh, John Wu and Nick Cage originally together, and then they would reunite for Wind Talkers. And in between City of Angels and Wind Talkers, he has a little bit of a run, and we're going to be skipping these in this series, but I just wanted to shout him out here. He does eight millimeter. Um, which is directed by Joel Schumacher uh, of uh, Batman Forever and Batman and Robin fame.
1: Then he works. <laughs> That's what you're gonna go with, not St. Elmo's fire or anything like that. Here. He does.
0: Uh, he also does Snake Eyes uh, with Brian De Palma. So, mm-hmm. like post Oscar, Nick Cage is like trying to work with with uh, some some auteurs. Then he does Bringing Out the Dead with Martin Scorsese, um, which I'm really curious about. And then gone in 60 seconds, and the family man. Um, then there's something called uh, Captain Cornelli's <laughs> mandolin. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm looking at it right now. It's Captain not a real Corneli's movie. Mandolin. I I had never even heard of Windtalkers, to be honest. Of all those movies so, that I just that I just listed, which one do you think was the most financially successful? Well, gone in sixty seconds. Yes.
1: Yeah, it's yeah. got to be Gone in sixty seconds. Yep. but I would say Captain Cornelli's Mandolin. I'm fascinated by this movie now. So it is. Nick Cage is the star of it. His co-stars include Penelope Cruz, John Hurt, and Christian Bale interesting well that's kind of what this movie is like wind talkers yeah you got christian slater ruffalo they're really doing the um they're trying to do like a saving private ryan thing where they're like let's just have a deep bench on this movie yeah and none of them have a ton to do um even cage we should say this is one of three movies starring nick cage that come out this year uh the other one we're going to talk about next week with adaptation and there's rules hard and there's a movie that I am fascinated to watch that Nick Cage directed that no the way year called Sunny. Brian, have you heard of this movie? No. So I'm going to give you it I'm going to give you the tagline $17, of this movie. dollars. it's starring James Franco, di- written and directed by Nick Cage. Great himself. combo. There. Actually not written by Nick Cage, it's Written by a guy named uh uh sorry I'm trying to pull it up here. John Carlin who uh don't really know any of the stuff that he's written before the log line for this movie is an honorably discharged soldier returns home (laughs) to new orleans hoping to break away from his upbringing as a trained prostitute but his brothel madam mother has other expectations yes we did we talk
0: about this on pod did we? Did you bring this up already? Because Sonny, No, I've never heard. Oh, this before. I because I, I
1: get maybe it was I you think and me. Yeah, I think that we talked about this. All, that Mike. is awesome. I really want to see this movie. It has a thirty-one on Metacritic. I'm sure it's aged horribly, but with a very young James Franco in the lead, I'm kind of fascinated to see this movie. Really,
0: really interesting stuff going on there, man. Um, directorial debut. We got to check that out. I wonder where it's <laughs> streaming. I'll check it out. Um. So. Brian, Windtalkers thoughts.
2: It is not as good as I remembered, guys. (laughs) Pretty problematic.
1: So not
0: good. When we were when we were messaging on on uh, Twitter DMs about what movie you would want to do for this series, we kind of landed on this one pretty quick. Like there wasn't a lot of kind of back and forth. We you kind of just threw it out there, and I was like, "All right, sounds good." Yeah, yeah and i it's you know why it's because i remember uh this being a library dvd rental when i was a kid and i was like oh my god like the nostalgia factor of me renting this movie from my local (laughs) library brian's got it he's He's got got the the dvd DVD. yeah you kept it you (laughs) stole it from
1: your local library (laughs) <laughs> i love to see the physical media i love Mike, to see it i think i brought it up on twitter <laughs>
2: bro. absolutely uh, my girlfriend's had it for i don't know how long but she has this huge collection and she's got some good movies including wind talkers and and also wind talkers <laughs> it's something it's just no it's so much darker than i remember it's it's Christian's brutal. I, mean, I don't know spoilers in the timeline but it, it, there's a beheading it's, yeah. it's yes. a lot yeah it gets
0: and- very violent it's not fun at all not. which like you know <laughs> I kind of I kind of appreciate that a little bit because like a war movie that's based on like a real war like you don't want it okay, to be of super, course but fun but do you want John Woo directing that that's the no you know, it's like i
1: have i have a lot of thoughts about john woo and his like because in theory it's kind of interesting seeing a non-american's take on a very american war a person like, of asian descent exactly. exactly like i was so
0: willing to hong kong really throw legend. the
1: japanese <laughs> as, as far under
0: the bus as possible i mean in
1: china and japan don't have the most glowing history right. in the past, hey, but sure, still, don't, like, brother. It's, it's sure don't like it's sure' fascinating, like watching this movie. I will say on the bright side, this movie is very pretty. Um, they shot it in Hawaii. It does actually, like, I think some of the war sequences, some of them, I'm going to preface that, some of them look pretty good. You get the John Woo explosions, which is so kind of what I was hoping. <laughs> I just wrote in my notes, like, five different times, explosions, more explosions. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. The, the other thing I was I was going to say about the whole library DVD thing is that I, I had this this memory, right, of me, like, watching this movie by renting it from the library. But once I actually put it on today, I realized I had never seen this movie before. Wow! I thought that like the memories were going to come rushing back of me. Like, yeah, yeah. It's, you know, Nick Cage and world war two. Um, especially because when I was first getting into movies as a kid, I really gravitated towards world war two movies. Like saving private Ryan was like my favorite fucking movie. Like I was obsessed that with movie that. Was movie was a huge deal. And I, I, I don't know. I was looking around at like other World War II movies and I I guess I maybe in my head I thought I watched more World War II movies but I was actually just watching Saving Private Ryan over and over <laughs> cuz I, I just
2: Pearl Harbor in there but <laughs> uh, that I I like have no that's not a good
1: oh, I got thoughts about
2: it.
0: It's I think that movie's worse than Wind Talkers. For it's sure. Oh,
1: man. 1000. Yeah. yeah. Yes, yeah. I I've gone on rants, I think on and off my off mic. I've done it for, I don't know, since you guys have known me when we were like 13 about how much I hate that movie, because my grandparents, they own like the triple three VHS movies, uh, on VHS. And that was one of them. That was in a double VHS. And my grandmother loved it. And I hated Ben Affleck for very many years because of that movie and Armageddon, which is another movie as a kid. I hated, um, but Yes, I. Uh, I Ernest, when was the last time that you revisited Saving Private
0: Ryan? Um, years ago, I dude, I used to have that movie on a loop. Like, I'm not kidding. I would, I had that. That was one of the DVDs that stayed in the DVD
1: player, and I would just go on <laughs> you over and over. I rewatched that movie. Um. I think, yeah, last year, whenever I was doing the Oscar watch through because I reached the 1999... The, oh, so you the didn't
0: watch uh, Shakespeare in
1: Love? No, I did. Like- I watched it in 1998, I guess, because that was Shakespeare in Love. Um, And I did watch it. Um, And, I mean, it's definitely better than Shakespeare in Love, but I think that Saving Private Ryan is a little bit overrated. God damn i going to say it. I think that the first 45 minutes are just fucking banger. Like, I think that that is, like, just dynamite perfection. Yeah, war is hell. And the rest of the movie is, like... All right. Yeah. Now we're pounding around with Vin Diesel. This is fun. Now we're pounding around hey. with Ted Danson. This is cool for two minutes. Uh, we're going to be familiar on the warpath. So, oh,
0: Wind Talkers, you don't want to talk about Fast and Furious? <laughs> no, I want to talk about it way too much for this podcast. Like, I, I want to talk about that. Brian, have hours. you seen the first Fast and Furious movie?
2: <laughs> okay. This the OG. Actually, I've seen the first two and that's it but then i saw hobbs and shaw mm. so i've kind of seen them all i really hobbs haven't and shaw's not good <laughs> but we that saw it
1: was so long yeah it's so that's long small. i had a fun time i i think that like i because of friend of the pod adam who's the biggest fast and furious friend i fan that i know i think i kind of convinced myself that i like that movie more we we had a like to review it and And i had to like like, apologize to him it's fun
0: come on ernest it's fun it's stupid it's fun the the og fast and furious though we just went to the movies to see that Mm -hmm. we had a surprise birthday party for hunter yeah um at the movies uh his fiance rented out a private movie theater she did it was the first time i've ever done
1: it before it was fucking awesome it wasn't hard it was a surprise and furious it was definitely a surprise because it was like a week before my birthday so i did not see it coming my birthday is actually midnight depending on how late this thing is we might actually make it to my birth um we'll see hopefully Uh, not yeah really (laughs) (laughs) hopefully i don't have to spend my birthday with you guys um
0: movie fucking ruled i had never seen it before i loved it it's so dumb i loved it a lot um,
2: You'd never seen it before the theater?
0: I'd never seen it before, period. Oh. Um, yeah, That's me either.
2: Really? Yeah. I say uh-huh. that like I've seen all eight or nine of them. I don't, I really, <laughs> we got some friends that love that series, but. Um,
1: <laughs> I mean, there's it a is. reason why they make so much fucking money. The first mm-hmm. one is, it's wild watching the first movie um, and then like seeing the trailer for the new film. The first one, it's like, the big thing is that there's, A group of racers that are stealing uh, TV VHS combos. That was the money back then, dude. Two thousand one. And now you watch the trailer for F9, and it's them literally. It's them shooting into space and uh, using magnet cars to fly around. I love it. It's the
0: best. The movies. This is the best franchise. There's one thing that brings people
1: together: the lights go down. Hey! Look. The projector I, turns on. I I teared up a little bit when entered when Ben welcomed me back to the movie. That's Sorry. that's insane. <laughs> I said, you Dude. know what? I do miss the
0: movies. So the Wind Talkers. <laughs>
2: Can I share a thought to tie it back to Wind Talkers? Yeah. Yeah. Of course. So Ernie, offhandedly, it's like war is hell, and that's all I was thinking watching it. Is like it doesn't have to be a funny movie and all that, or fun because it's not really that fun either. And Christian Slater doesn't even I don't know, but um, I was looking at my notes and I wrote World War Two never looked so good because it's like (laughs) the movie looked so much different than any war movie I remember watching. It's very bright. It's not it's a dark bright. movie. Yeah, it's sunny as hell. Yeah. Um, and then I wrote <laughs> hot yogurt in his combat boots.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, now I, we're talking. So now I was going to introduce a new category. We can get into it now because I don't know the if there is a scene. moment. No. Yeah. Which it's it's going to be a new category for the back half of this filmography that we're going down, which is which scene does Nick Cage have hot yogurt in? My guess is going to be spoiler for this movie. Um, check it out if you want to. Um it's gonna be his death scene because he makes a wild Mm, face during that scene that's such a smart pick i think that that is that is when he does it is because he couldn't quite get the death look right and then he pours in there and his eyes roll to the back of his head and his eyelids flutter a bit
0: excellent choice (laughs) um i didn't catch that as coming though but I guess that makes sense. But it has, I guess, I guess you've maybe, never you've
1: never orgasmed with hot yogurt on your toes. I, I've
0: never died. I've never pretended to die on camera. Maybe that's what you need. Maybe you should do a couple more things before you start talking <laughs> shit. Um, Talkers is it looks so great and it has all the wooisms. But John Woo, I realized while watching this, might be a little bit like Nick Cage, where he needs a little more room to be crazy. Well, on in order to truly soar. So in the the Wikipedia article um, for this movie, there's a quote uh, by John Woo kind of addressing the negative reception of this movie because um, uh, critics and audiences were not very kind to this movie. This is actually an episode of uh, Flopwatch. Right now, where we talk about a movie that was a huge financial flop, uh, $115 million budget, only 77 mil at the box office. So a a little over 60, 70 percent. Yeah, that's a huge, huge flop. So woo. Kind of in the fallout of it, there's a quote in the Wikipedia that says, the main themes of Wind Talkers are friendship and understanding. (laughs) Unfortunately, the studio wanted a John Wayne type movie, just a typical American hero film with explosions every few minutes. I had to make them understand that this wasn't a story about heroes. It's a story about a man and his own demons trying to redeem himself from war. I made the movie that way, but some people in the studio didn't appreciate it and in the end i guess neither did the audience so the prop literally the first thing that i wrote down while watching this movie turned out to be completely correct which like maybe like 10 minutes in i wrote i can already tell that this movie is going to be about enders which is nick cage when it should be about yazi of course 150 it's a it's and they're heavily involved what were you gonna say brian
2: No, dude, I was. My girlfriend watched the second half of it with me after work, and that's the first thing she said. And it's like, honestly, yeah. So I didn't know the director was saying all
0: that about it, but we we have this incredibly charismatic Adam Beach um, playing who's genuinely great in the movie. Yeah, even though his role is extremely, like, almost like Pollyanna uh, token character, like, he's so good. He's such a good guy. Um, But it should have been more about him struggling morally with the idea of fighting for this country. And we're introduced to him. The movie opens with him. Right. Yeah. So he, and, it's and all then, there. And then we meet cage and he's so the issue, I think, cause we meet cage. He has already been through war. Like we, so we do see that. I think, is it, is it after we meet Adam beach or like it kind of the, the, it's the opening minutes right? kind of cut back yeah. and yeah. forth. So we see him having like a really brutal uh, war experience where he, his homies die or whatever. And he, he gets shot up pretty bad. He's ugly. He's in a wheelchair. He's got a hole in his eardrum. Uh, he's dizzy. <laughs> and we don't know what he was like before that. So the only experiences that we have with him are of him being an asshole. We don't like we we know why we get it that like he's been through like the worst shit ever, but we don't know if there was ever anything good about him.
1: Well, no, (laughs) we know that uh, we can relate to him because we see all of his comrades die and we have one of them die in Joe Ender's arms and say, God damn you, Joe Enders. (laughs) It like it felt like like a like a cartoon, like a Looney Tunes thing. (laughs) Like The moment happened. I will say Joe Ender's. It's a good name. Yeah, one of the better cage names. I thought it was Anders. It's Enders. Enders. For like the whole movie. Like Embers. Like Enders, Enders, Enders. game. Mm. Um I uh my first note that I put on here is ah yes, the foggy west. Uh, because <laughs> I love the way that the movie starts, <laughs> that it it starts with, you know, whenever you just go out west and there's just fog everywhere. The, the opening um, shots are beautiful, yeah. Monument so Valley. Monument Valley. The overhead shots are great. Why does it look like dog shit at the very end? Whenever uh, Yazzie returns, yeah, off? No, the green screen fake. looks awful. I'm like, yeah. couldn't they just recorded that when they shot everything else? They the couldn't afford of the to movie? take the actors there. It was just. It was just <laughs> well, general. They probably, did they shoot at
0: Monument Valley? They shot in Hawaii. Like, they didn't move to Monument. Well, they got the the, they got, a, the, the helicopter, the helicopter Yeah, they got aerials, but, like... They got the assistant. That that there. final scene requires there to be a giant rock formation jutting out, which you would not find in... That would be volcanic rock in Hawaii. Like, you <laughs> yeah. wouldn't find that. So, the result is it had to be a really, really bad fake background. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, though, that... I think that those two issues came up for me really early, and they stuck around. The first time in this movie that we get any semblance of uh, bonding from these two characters that, who are spending so much time together is over an hour in, it's at an hour and three minutes in. That's the first moment where Nick Cage makes any efforts to give a fuck about Adam Beach. And it's very frustrating because Adam Beach is a perfect human. Yeah. And like for so much of this movie, he's so unshakable and so good at heart, too good at heart in fact, he is so overwilling to fight for America in this war when America has done so little for him and the Navajo people. It's a very, it's a white person writing uh, a native American character. They don't, they don't do much with that. His kid's name is George Washington.
2: That was hilarious. (laughs) Man, going off that and how like Ben should have been the main character. um, The two scenes where they give him a little bit of extra uh, exposition or disposition i don't know um are pretty kick-ass scenes it's the difference between the american soldiers doing their little powwow before a big battle around a fire and then the navajo guys are about 40 yards away doing their own ceremony doing their own thing yeah so i get that Uh, yeah and then ben mentions offhandedly the whole uh sand garden scene about how spoke navajo as a kid and they put him chain him to a water heater for two days and it's like oh because that's about 10 years after the trail of tears maybe uh don't quote me (laughs) yeah
0: so like (laughs) why why does he so so badly want to like sacrifice his life for america yeah
1: that doesn't that doesn't really make sense why he's just like this is my war too and everything it's it's
0: it's, i don't know i mean we know that this was a real thing like this is based on real events that they got navajo indians to well, in yeah, the army, that's very are we true. Sure that they
1: didn't just get drafted and drugged there against their will,
0: though. Yeah, we don't. Yeah, I guess we don't. I think more often there would at least be a lot of hesitance, like there was with the other uh Navajo character. Um, I thought that that was a much more realistic interpretation of what happened. The way the way I kind of come down on it is like th- so much of this movie does kind of leave a, a sour taste in your mouth, not just the way the Navajos are are. Um, depicted, but also the Japanese, it's just so disposable to, it's, it feels bad to see so, so many of them so get So many of them get absolutely mur- yeah, destroyed. It doesn't, doesn't sit well, like but decimated. but ultimately I appreciate the fact that at the very least we're getting a little bit of a story about the native American people in a big budget movie you know like how many movies are there just in general about native americans you know like it's just a such an underrepresented group in hollywood filmmaking that just the the bare minimum to me is like i gotta like appreciate well, it well ernest somewhat. you're wrong
1: there because a story about native americans actually won best picture and it's called dances with the wolves mm, yeah yeah <laughs> kevin cost another famous... one was nominated for best picture and it's called avatar
0: right um, so wow. yeah there you go yeah uh, um, james cameron another much like kevin costner famous yeah. uh native man
1: yeah i so the whole like the way the japanese are depicted doesn't wasn't going to bother me because this is a war movie at the end of the day and that's every war movie is that if you were filming it from one side then the other side is going to i like look right. at Almost like 99.999% of war movies, even the great ones, we were talking about Saving Private Ryan. It's not like we're like really relating to the German soldiers in that movie or even Apocalypse Now, which is more humanizing. It's not like we're getting to know the Vietnam soldiers that are dying. Yeah, It's a
0: way to simplify things because we already have uh a very conflicted like sort of protagonist yeah. who is very, being kind of antagonistic and we have another soldier who's being very antagonistic the whole movie i no, think no one
1: really wanted uh this like he was definitely watching apocalypse now while making this even and like coming off of the wings of saving private ryan you could tell like he thought that this was going to be maybe his bid at an oscar movie like it was off- released in the summer though yeah but i mean this is this is has the dna of like a prestige war movie yeah something that like even if it wasn't gonna like win best picture or something it would at least get some real critical uh recognition and that just didn't happen because it's missing one or two key ingredients i
0: so badly wish that this movie could be made now um with like you know with with a a more updated a more nuanced updated take on the situation also i wish that adam beach was that age now because that guy to me is a winner he should be in more he's, stuff he's, i was just looking well, at his credit he, he, it's he, obviously like we're 19 years later now so like he's he's aged he's older he's very charismatic in this
1: if you look at his other credits um it's more of a uh of an indictment of Hollywood, like he, I remembered seeing him before in Joe Dirt. Actually, oh boy, playing, in which yeah, playing, he yeah. plays a character named Kicking Wing. Yeah, not great, not not great Hollywood. It's not what it's, you want to do with your Native American actors. Um, the he was also asshole in the movie. Was sorry. <laughs> what were you saying, Hunter? Oh no, I was just saying he was also in uh the masterpiece, the Oscar-winning film, 2016 Suicide Squad right go ahead um uh, oh brian thanks for what? stopping things to say that though hunter <laughs> yeah i really wanted to interrupt
2: the conversation for no, that i can't remember the guy's name i just wrote down truman show um truman oh yeah asshole. noah noah Emmerich. yeah great i mean great great okay. that guy just racist <laughs> <Great> douchebag <laughs> terrible person in this movie yeah
0: you got to have the one guy who just kind yeah. of embodies the blatant racism that these people must've faced. Um, <laughs> and his name is chick. chick. <laughs> it, it does get tiresome. Like every line this guy has, it's just like the worst thing anybody could say. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at the end, he's just sort of like, you know, I remember my dad being racist, and now that's why I am. And, <laughs> Just and like- the whole, you know, the, the theater audience in 2002 was like,
1: "Yay! Yeah, it's okay." It's like maybe one day, fifty years, one day, one day, fifty-seven years from now, we'll be sitting in a movie theater with Japanese people so, sitting right next to us. So
0: this this got me thinking because between him, Cage, and Christian Slater, you get a little bit of a spectrum of yeah. of uh, racism. So you have the blatant racist, the, Then you have Cage, who's like very indifferent, complicit. Yeah, and then you have Christian Slater, who's definitely like the guy Christian, from that from that um Atlanta w- yes, episode. He would have voted Juneteenth. He would have voted for Obama a third time. Yeah, Christian could've. Slater. <laughs> Christian Slater is the guy from that Atlanta episode who has who, the white guy who wants to have a Juneteenth party. And it, it just invites a bunch of black people over to his mansion. That's Christian Slater. But it's the 1940s. So in comparison, this guy is like the most progressive man on the planet. Yeah. Like he he's like, whoa, you like
1: music? <laughs> I like music. Let's do it. Inc- Kyle, that's incredible. <laughs> do we think that uh, Christian Slater's character? I was trying to pull up his name real quick. Um Do we think that Sergeant uh, Peter Ox Henderson? Oh, Ox! Yeah. Do we think that Ox was a big Pete Buttigieg guy? Sure. Yeah. (laughs) I I kind
0: of love Christian Slater in this movie. He's kind of my favorite part
1: he's great yeah i mean he's he's just you know because he's like the one like beacon of light and yeah he has
0: has like a good energy to him you know like he's bringing some some fun i was glad
1: whenever i saw christian slater in this movie i mean i love christian slater but by 2002 he had kind of checked out of like 50 percent of the roles that Mm -hmm. he's in and now it's kind of hit or miss what you're getting with christian slater is if if he's actually trying to do something serious or if he's just getting a paycheck Brian, thoughts on Slater?
2: So I'm a, I'm a big Christian Slater guy. Um, my dad would always tell me movies to watch if I was just looking for something. So I watched Heathers and I think it's Pump Up the Volume or Pump Up the Noise. Nice. Um, really good movies. And it's just, <laughs> yeah, another thing we were talking about it earlier. He's like a face of the 90s in my head. Yeah, um, but I can't I- think of all
1: these things. Eighties, nineties guy. He is like stupid yeah. good in Heather's. Like I love that performance so much that movie because yeah. he's just he's like such an evil human being, but you're still just like ah, I don't know, I, I I'd fuck with this guy. Like I don't know. And- Brian, have you seen Mr. Robot?
2: <laughs> Dude, yeah, I sent um list of questions like two or three months ago, and that's I right, the f- I remember right. that. So I didn't know you were such a fan of it until like five minutes into that episode. So synchronicity i've seen a season and a half but there's like four or five seasons now right it's four okay I sh- it's over, so yeah. i should it's finish over, it yeah. dude it got,
0: yes it, the it ending is amazing it does yeah. dip like you you bailed out or like most people bailed out that's where i bailed out season yeah two <laughs> halfway through season two, two. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but i mean you got to the 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 season one twist is like incredible the whole like fight club twist that it does is just like oh so good but slater owns that role so well and he's so good at kind of being kind of like the snarky side guy you know
2: Snarky's a good word for it yeah
0: i i think he's great in this movie He yeah. he kept me going i wish there was more of him in this I, i'm kind of curious if if they would have done a rewrite of this movie where you can kind of you could combine a lot of these guys, <laughs> you know, like you don't need Ruffalo and Slater and Cage, although it is good to see all three of them like Ruffalo, the, Ruffalo
1: is a nothing. He doesn't have a he's, deal. He, yeah. What's his deal? In this? yeah,
0: he's just sort of but soldier. Guy. Yeah, he's,
1: he's a guy, you know, his friend dies. So he has to make sure mm-hmm. he brings gives them that reminds me through a freaking <laughs> minefield. <laughs> Dude, it's Greek, man. You got to have a Greek guy on your war movie.
0: They knew. <laughs> they knew about the mines. They let us walk on them.
1: <laughs> so we needed a spotlight moment. In this movie. That, that reminds me about the, the
0: one of the notes I wrote down, which is like, this movie is full of like war movie cliches Yes, all over. And there are so many scenes where you're introduced to a character and um the way it sets up like our relationship to that character. You know that the next time you see that character, they're going to die. Yeah. yeah. Like a hundred percent. The guy's just, like,
1: <laughs> guy just like, just make sure that if I die, give this ring back to my wife. And he's like, no, don't even talk like that. You're going to make it through this. And it's like, I don't think he's going to make it through this. Yeah, that,
0: it he's guess. not quite a notable <laughs> enough actor to make it through this. <laughs> it's just like the bare minimum to like set up that. Hey, When this guy bites the dust, you're going to feel something.
1: No, there's a scene with the flamethrower guy right before he fucking dies at one point too. And and where it's like, oh, this guy, he's a good person. He's definitely going to die. And then the very next scene, he's just like giving a uh japanese child some chocolate and then you're like yeah this, this dude's so fucking dead like he's <laughs> he's just dead now. yeah
0: it's a lot of shortcuts in this movie to that are you know attempts to make you care without really giving you enough meat to chew on yeah. like i mean nick cage's whole character is that to me it, like i i said earlier you're you're not given enough of his good to want to fuck with yeah. him you don't want to be around him you get that he's been through shit i didn't want to spend time with him Uh Cage is really, really not going for it, which you wouldn't necessarily want him to. Uh, but there are actors who are better at not going for it than Nick Cage. That's we if we know anything about the man at this point, he's really good at making choices. And this is a role that doesn't have many choices to make. I think there's one scene where he does go for it, which is my cage moment. I think it's probably the only cage moment. We'll get to it in the cage gories. Um, but yeah, for the most part, he is very kind of kind of one note, kind of flat. This whole movie is just very flat. I didn't find it abysmal though. Like it's not terrible. I do think that the action sequences really kind of prop it up. I think that John Woo does a hell of a yeah, job at directing there, the action. And especially in the back half, there's quite a bit of that. Yeah. like There are long so, chunks of just action.
1: That's And it looks great. It's fucking, it's pretty well, it's well choreographed and directed. And I thought those are fun. Yeah. Like I, I mean, back
0: to the point about it, like the whole war is hell thing. Like the action is so intense and brutal. And, and Woo does have like <clears throat> that kind of sheen on a lot of it, you know, like that movie esque look. To so much of it where you're just kind of thinking like, huh, shouldn't this be a little bit more kind of dirty and gritty, but it is so gory and so brutal and so intense that you do get, it is relentless, right? Like that's, it approximates what it must feel like to be in these soldiers shoes, you know, to not know when this is going to let up when is this going to end you know the 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 structure of the movie doesn't give you a sense of like okay this is the big action scene Mm. this is where we're peaking and then we're going to end the the second half of the movie is just kind of like this nonstop, like kind of you know it kind of just bludgeons you over the head a little bit which is i think the point you know it's Mm. it's what it's trying to get you in that headspace
1: Yeah, I was going to say another movie that this reminded me a lot of is a war film that came out the year prior to this, Black Hawk Down, Um, which Black Hawk Down is a better film, but of just whenever it comes to them, whenever they're extended sequences, and they're just like in the fucking thick of it. They're in like a, uh, what do you call it? A little divot that they're like hiding in, trying to plant stuff out and talk stuff in Trench, that's the word I was looking for. Um, But kind of going through trying to like like feeling like you are there in the moment that's what this movie gave me a lot of vibes of was black hawk down of course it's not as well executed as black hawk down but some of the stylization in that movie i'm not the biggest fan of because i don't think i've ever seen it um it's very uh later stage ridley scott in that it's like He's making some choices with some of the color uh, Mm. correction and stuff like that that he's doing with the movie. Very orange. Yeah, it's like a lot of orange and blues. Um, I mean, it's still I I, I like Black Hawk Down. I'm not going to like shit too much on that movie. But I liked that this movie, it was very bright and sunny and it wasn't trying to hide any of the big action moments you were just kind of there with it i was almost expecting there whenever we get first to the island and it's out in the open and it's daytime i thought that that was going to be the scene then we were going to have some more like oh it's nighttime and they're sneaking into the village or something like that and it doesn't really take the easy way out
0: i mean you can see the 150 million dollar budget yeah, in these sure. sequences it's like so crazy so many explosions so many Um, extras in some shots, like they kind
1: of went all out. Why do you guys think this movie flopped? Well, I was going to ask you, Brian, um, one, what did you think of the action? And two, have you seen any other John Woo movies like face off or uh, anything else? Oh no, we lost them. So
2: I haven't seen face off yet. There's a handful of Nicolas cage movies. Oh, wait can you're, you you're back you're back yeah. we got you yeah, yeah all right perfect cool wi-fi sketchy in kansas so no i haven't seen face off yet and the one thing about i noticed about this movie is that john woo directed both so i wasn't sure if face off had a similar thing going with just looking pretty spectacular brian um
0: hard recommend
2: (laughs) really i'd listen (laughs) to the the podcast but i didn't want to spoil too much no you just an incredible movie
0: like i i didn't perfect maybe yeah i hadn't seen it i went into it a bit skeptical i guess but although we were in the throes of like just heaters from cage every single week but still the movie even starting it i was like this seems really corny and it is but it's the best corny you'll ever see in your whole life like, it's so over that. the top in every way. And that's why I said that about John Wu earlier. He's sort of like Cage because I I almost felt him like trying to leave his comfort zone to make this. Mm-hmm. Um, when he clearly is more in his element when he doesn't have to adhere to any conceivable reality. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. It's like this is based on, you know, his, historical in, stuff. Inspired by meaning that it's it's you know even less uh it it has to adhere even less than like something that's based on true events Mm -hmm. um but yeah it it's like it's still it has that look but face off is a lot it's just more of everything you want than this is
2: i'm putting a list together from your guys's podcasts just over the years (laughs) hell yeah hey Another war film question. Uh the movie Fury, that was World War II also. Yeah, yeah. So I actually completely different. Sp- speaking of
0: lists, I actually uh, uh I have a I have an obsession with
1: letterbox. I was gonna say you're becoming the letterbox um, list king over here.
0: <laughs> and I uh I have like almost a hundred lists on my letterbox. Um, most of them are private, but I made a world war two list. Um So not super populated right now, but this is what I got on it so far in a rough, rough ranking. And honestly, like I I haven't seen some of these, but I'll keep adding to it with like ones that I want to check out. But top is Saving Private Ryan 100 percent. Then I put Dunkirk. Which is like one of those movies yeah. that every time I rewatched, I'm like, this is fucking I like incredible. it more than saving
1: private Ryan personally. Yeah, honestly. Uh
0: Inglorious Bastards doesn't Bastards have a lot of is
1: my number one. A Bastards is a perfect. Yeah, movie. it doesn't have a lot of
0: combat, yeah, which see, I was trying to fair. stick to. That. But
1: it's oh, okay. I thought you meant like World War II time I just threw in it like in there, is. but if
0: I'm sticking to just like actual like war, I'd probably take it out. Um then. Um, the sound of music right
1: yeah. Hey <laughs>
0: cabaret. <go. laughs> uh, then I threw in the, the Clint Eastwood twofer uh, letters from Iwo Jima and flags of our Fathers. Well no so American sniper is World War one actually. this is this is how you do just, this, just he didn't even acknowledge what I did. this said. is how you do it. You, you do it like old man Clint. It, no one does it like old man Clint. You don't just make one movie guys. <laughs> You make two. One is from invented have, making two movies. From, from, one from the American <laughs> perspective and one from the Japanese perspective. And it's it's the Man, same I, story, but from completely different sides. Genius. Is I, that really what it is? Yeah. Damn. I've seen letters from you. <laughs> I'm you. sold. That's the better one. I have not Flags seen it. Flags from Our Fathers is not as
1: good. Um, then Mel Gibson's uh, Hacksaw Ridge. I still haven't I seen think, that. I have that movie on Blu-ray, and I just have never actually opened it out of the. I think I, I think I put that on in an airplane, and then like immediately fell asleep. I've heard that like it's pretty
0: well done. Yeah, like Andrew Garfield well did uh, another one with Little Combat, uh, Empire of the Sun, another Spielberg uh, yeah. joint. Um, uh, canceled man's uh, Brian Singer, um, Valkyrie. Starring
1: Tom Cruise. You're missing a big one, which I just don't know if it's because you haven't seen it, but Thin Red Line. Okay. That was, I haven't seen it, but yes, that's, that's on here. I have not seen Thin Red Line either, but everybody like fucking film nerds say, because it came out in 98. It came out the same year as Saving Private Ryan and film nerds are like, this is actually the better World War II movie that should have been recognized. But it was Malick's Breverine. comeback after like twenty years away, yeah.
0: <laughs> and then yeah, obviously Wind Talkers, and then uh, yeah, David Ayer's Fury, starring Brad Pitt uh, as like a tank uh, sergeant leader guy.
1: I'm slash assuming that above Wrangler. I'm assuming that right. you two are the only people who have- is Fury good. I remember really liking yeah. it. Yeah, it- it's a solid movie. I don't remember I
2: don't remember what year
0: it's 2014. It out, me and my
2: college roommate went my flyer after a trailer one night and it was a pretty Really Damn that puts me back. It's yeah, <laughs> it was one of those movies where the kind of the whole crowd just sat there after the credits a little bit. Like it's it's a heavy. It's heavy. Yeah Shia LaBeouf gave himself
0: permanent scars good for that movie. Damn Shia
2: LaBeouf's in it?
0: Permanent? Is he a yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, he he like he went like what? way method in a way that no one would ever want. And, and he like, f- yeah, fucked his face that's, up and shit. That's shyest career in a lot of yeah, ways. Yeah. Apparently, Brad Pitt like was like into it. He was like, Man, this kid is really crazy. Um, there was a lot of press about that around the time of its release. I just remember reading it and laughing. Um, this guy seems like the kind of guy who would abuse FK Twix. <laughs> Brad Pitt was just that intuitive. Yeah um so to to sort of like circle all of that back to the central question which is why doesn't this movie work uh but more specifically why didn't audiences gravitate towards it, it? it it's because it feels like a simulacra of all the movies you just mentioned but it doesn't hit nearly as well like the the resonance isn't there because of certain really key areas of hollowness it could have had an interesting perspective though oh, of course none of the movies i mentioned are from the native american no point of view. yeah and it i mean it offers like an amount of interesting perspective because of that like it really does it's just like We're we're fully unclear on why we're following Cage. Slater is better than him in this movie. Um, Is that how you fix this movie? You just combine those two characters? It's... it's tough because they can't it can't be as good a guy as slater because otherwise they're just friends off the bat right and it's like a buddy war movie right um but it ha- this uh, cage is so opaque and like unreadable in this movie I but mean, if you have the slater, real story
1: is that you make Yazzi and white horse the two main people yeah. that were following no, yeah obviously well yeah that's that's clear character. that's
0: not being done in 2002 they're yeah. not doing that um I. That's why I said I wish you could do it now because yeah,
1: that's the movie most f- obvious thing. And then that makes this movie a good notch better. Yeah, because also if, if
0: uh, Yazi is going to be so into it all, I at least need Whitehorse to be like trying to analyze that with him being like, Hey, why are you so into this? I don't even want to be here, man. Like this is, this is fucked up. Everyone is being really racist all the time. (laughs) Why are you putting up with this? Yeah.
1: Well, also if you spend the time with them, then it makes the scenes where they're just doing like, Uh, like even if it's very authentic to their culture, not seem racist when they're just like putting ash on each other's heads and everything. Because whenever we're watching this movie from the white man's perspective the entire time, and then we just see them like, oh, they're going off and doing their own thing. And they're like, chanting in Navajo and playing Ash. It looks very offensive, but at least if you spend more time, then you can even justify those moments a little bit more. If they actually explain what they're doing before you just see the visual image on the screen, it's It's, kind of out of context. It's just the two
0: people with the most screen time are written in a way that makes them not accessible enough because Adam beach isn't either, even though it's, he's way more, uh, followable than Cage, you, like you want to see him. He he's written in such a way that his motivations are not understandable, and you can't relate to him because you would be doing things differently I mean, you can't relate to really anyone in this. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, exactly. Other than Adam Beach, so mm-hmm. as Noah and yeah, so as a result, you're <laughs> sort of just getting like bits and pieces of other war movies. You're getting the explosions, you're getting the battle scenes that are like reasonably well done. You're just not getting emotional impact because you don't care that much about these people. You know, they they put themselves in a tough corner because they must have thought we have to make this movie relatable to the common American. Yeah, ex- it's for it's, family. Every so movie was still gotta, for white people. We got to put Nick Cage in it. And then that just sinks the movie so much that it makes it like so nobody connects to it. Yeah, it's it's tricky. Uh, like I get that he was trying to make a movie about friendship. He's obviously throwing mad shade, implying that like it was mangled in the edit room or whatever. Mm-hmm. And like reshoots probably had to happen. Um, still, I don't, I don't know if his version would have been that great either. To be honest, the, the, there are central problems here to me. And they're also central props to get like, they're inherently good action scenes because John is involved.
1: Uh, yeah, God, the action scenes are so good in this movie. Like, they're really fucking well done. Yeah. Like, I don't want to sh- even shit on this movie too much because it's so hard. It's to... so violent. It is. it it is, And I mean, that's kind of the point. Right. Is it's that it's actually showing really brutally and very well done. Like, seeing people's lens get blown off. Like, the props are, that are done in this movie look fucking great. And, like, yeah. those action set pieces look awesome and i've seen so many especially in the last i don't know five to ten years with uh really just the big boom of cgi and stuff like that so many action set pieces that just look like shit um even war movies that try and have a little bit more practical effects like they just don't look great and i mean that action set pieces in this movie look better than I'd say just about anything in like 1917. No way. What are you no, talking I'm talking about? not, not, not the filmmaking itself, but the actual, like the fighting. What? the that, one-on-one combat and stuff like that. I think that looks fucking unbelievable, except for maybe one or two set. I, 1917 is difficult. Maybe that wasn't the best 1917
0: thing because is incredible.
1: What are you talking it's about? It's really good. It's a good movie. It's a good movie, but I'm just saying like it is very very well. I mean, I'm thinking about a 2002 context too. Right. Like putting the 2002 handicap on it. The w- amount of work that must have gone
0: into putting this on screen. I was um, trying to throw 1917 a 1917 history <laughs> bullet on this movie, but I That movie is great. It's a good movie. Um Brian um do you have any specific <laughs> the, the condescension coming from hunter is
1: insane <laughs> do
0: you have any specific Fine, yeah. you
1: know i love a good one yeah cool man i love your athletic it's, filmmaking it's, it's
0: a tour it's one of the better like film school movies i've ever yeah, seen yeah like <laughs>
1: dude, yeah i mean it's really cool like yeah i'm i'm really proud that uh i'm I'm really proud of sam mendes i you're, you're
0: stealing my joker bit i haven't <laughs> seen it but i really have a hard time believing that any moment of that looks even comparable to this movie like i i feel like 1917's gotta look better it's an incredible movie
1: look you know like i think (laughs) i think it's i think it's a really cute film like you know i'm like look you know here's the thing like i'm i'm really happy for roger deacons yeah me too it's really it's its second oscar
0: (laughs) brian holy moly any thoughts on wind talkers just any like major things that that we haven't touched on from the plot before we get into the cage of gorys. We haven't even talked about the ending yet, but do you have any other thoughts on like any major I, plot beats that we haven't touched on yet or anything like that?
2: Honestly, I <laughs> ain't picking sides, but Hunter, I haven't seen 1917, but I know what you mean about the fights looking good. And I feel like the whole movie is a 15 minute kick-ass battle scene, little bit of talking, another <laughs> battle scene. It's, it's just,
1: Mm-hmm. i don't know there's a rhythm to it's it. a lot it doesn't yeah. linger on like we don't spend ever too much time with the script i think because maybe there was part of john woo that knew he did not write this movie they did direct it. i feel like almost part of him knew that the script wasn't the best so he's like i'm just going to fill up 75 percent of this movie with fucking mm-hmm. kick-ass yeah action set pieces. well so that that reminds me so
0: what if for some reason you're listening to this and you haven't seen this movie which is probably most people because this is by far the most underseen movie we've yeah. done on which, this series by the way brian i'm very glad that we're covering this because if we weren't covering the the, the worst cage along with like the best cage this I, is not the worst cage. no of course I not get, but this is still
1: so much better than city of angels guys like this movie is so much fucking better than city of angels uh. I don't know. I don't know about so. Save much. Angel sucked shit. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to Lee. I, I had to be nice, but I I'm hate just, that movie. <laughs> I'm just saying that, like,
0: if we only covered the good, then I would exit this uh, exercise we're doing, thinking that he's the best actor of all time. Mm-hmm. You have to exit this thinking he's it's an arc, both the best and the worst, right? Um, simultaneously, but he's the, he is. I'm gonna drop a uh, a take that I was gonna save. Nick Cage is the Lil Wayne of actors.
1: Huh. This is a good take. It's, it's, it's unbelievable highs and unbelievable lows. The, the most casual <laughs> yeah. person who's only heard the hits. <laughs> I just or... played
2: the on video in my head.
0: <laughs> the, the, and it was sung by Nick Cage. In your head, just the biggest <laughs> of Old casuals girl, for Lil <laughs> Wayne. They're like, "Oh, Lil Wayne like lollipop." You think that's good? Just like the people will be like, "Oh, National Treasure, cool." Like you think that that's like a great actor? But then you dive deeper and you're like, "Wait a minute, this mm-hmm. is this is pretty good." Yeah, um, you need the full range. Yeah, and also just a lot of choices. And like, then you're like, both uh, of these guys just make- made a rock album, huh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so a lot, so many choices and limited range with both these guys. Like Wayne can't do any genre. He can do his genre really well. The exact right. same. So as True what's Cage? what's Lil Wayne's uh, vampires kiss? It's definitely the drought mixtapes, like two or three in, in particular, is when he he peaked, like at a younger age. Um, but that's just like pure Wayne. It's just all about bars, like it's just him like going as hard as possible, basically. Um, and then like you're more, I guess your your face off or your your con air is uh, the Carter three which is just like peak of his popularity. You would never guess that this weird little man would be the biggest star in the world, but he is. So Carter two is what? Like wild at heart. Yeah. It's when he's coming up. It's when he, yeah, it's when he's like, yeah. Raising Arizona wild at heart. Yeah. Yeah. Um it, they're just really similar, also substance abuse problems that do get in the way of their uh art. <laughs> That's true.
1: <laughs> do you think that uh the Carter Four is like his Mandy where people are like, hey, look, Nick Cage is still around, he can be pretty good in things. Sure. Um, for me, yeah. Or what whatever the album was,
0: I don't I don't I think, think it people was Carter even like the Carter Four.
1: I mean, some people stand hype, but I wasn't a big fan of the Carter Four personally, but I think that I'm like past the Lil Wayne part of my rap listening career. Does he? That's does your own problem. Does Lil, no, Lil that Wayne have a? No, no, no. A... I, mean, I can still enjoy the classic bangers, but it's like new Lil Wayne just isn't going to the Same way, funeral, funeral, okay, yeah, twenty twenty yeah. to me is way better than Carter four. Yes. Um, Listen, I, does Lil I, Wayne 100% have uh, agree with that. a leaving Las Vegas? <laughs> I mean, the, probably the Carter three is both the Leaving Las Vegas because it was critically acclaimed and the Incredible Run. Um, yeah, he didn't necessarily
0: have a moment of like, this is our greatest, like living star, like where, you know, he was truly fully accepted by the critical community, but Nick Cage, maybe, uh, you know, he, he was one movie away from not never having. That. Also, I'm
1: thinking of the Carter five, by the way, that yeah, was the my one God, there was a Carter five. That's yeah. Right. 2018. Yeah. It's, it's really all about funeral. The song mahogany. Absolutely fucking incredible what's his uh um his feature on sucker for pain what is nick cage's sucker for pain um bad lieutenant Call, new orleans Oh, okay cool um thank you
0: this this comparison I'm, i've just become obsessed with it lately i've also been listening to a lot of wayne lately that's did, probably why did, what wasn't there another take didn't you do like a tarantino kanye yes tarantino is kanye yeah yeah they're yeah they're as far as craft goes they're both generational talents but they both put their own feet in their mouths for one of them it does get him off (laughs) to do that um
1: (laughs) but yeah there are a lot of similarities there so so man imagine a collab a nick cage uh tarantino collab just the amount of lawsuits that would come out of that project would be is is yay
0: once upon a time in hollywood I think Pablo is once a time, once upon a time in Hollywood, because it's it's overlong and it's very self-serving. Yay is not good enough. Ye's, I thought I thought Hateful Eight was once or was like it's the orders really reversed there because that that's way less acclaimed. Like right. like Life of Pablo is great and Ye is just not. You know what I mean? And no one really thinks Yay is great.
1: Yay is okay. It's, yeah, it's, 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 it's okay. Pretty, there's some good bangers. on it's, there. Ghost you know, Town
0: is a fucking banger. Once upon a time in Hollywood is the whole like docket of Wyoming sessions that Kanye did we, that year. We are the really. Pusha hitting, album, Kids See Ghosts. That's so um, true. Yay, the Nas album, the Teyana Taylor album. Damn, that's the his once summer upon a, of yay. That's his Once Upon a Time. That's his Western. We are really
1: doing everything we can to avoid talking about wind talkers on this episode. Well, let's
0: avoid it even more <laughs> because Brian brought a special segment Mm. so it's time for the show within a show brian's special segment
2: let me just take it away i love this okay we'll (laughs) call it name off i guess that's good (laughs) that's good name off name off name off
0: name slash off i want to take name
2: (laughs) off (laughs) Okay. So the premise is, um, so the premise is one name shared by two famous people and I'll read a sentence long clue for each. And then you guys just try to guess if you know who it is. Is it first and last name or just first names? First and last name.
0: Wow. So is, has one of these two people like maybe changed their public name
2: so i'll tell you this i've got four and my fifth was going to be kate hudson and katie Katie perry Perry. yeah yeah
0: but i brought that up on pod like a few weeks ago did
2: you yeah i did (laughs) um it's a good trivia fact oh man all right well you might be a little step ahead for this competition i hope you guys i hope these clues are okay all right so the first one one plays a wheelchair-bound high schooler that joins the local glee club the other one, sixth man of the year for the Boston Celtics in 1984 and 85. What are their names? Oh, fuck. I, I what should have fucking kids know that name. Yeah, yeah the, the Glee, no, the I, Glee sure wheelchair guy. It's funny. I'm
1: thinking of the Celtics player in 1984, 85. Who's your um, sixth man? His name isn't like Robert Parrish. <sighs> is it? No, it's not Parrish. Um, <laughs> is it like Caleb? Is it <sighs> Caleb?
0: Ke- no, Ke- Colby. Oh, he. Wait, he's saying it is Ke- Kevin. Ke- Kevin. Kevin. Kevin McHale. Oh, Kevin McHale. Yeah, Kevin McHale. Kevin McHale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what. That's so right. this that's right. is the name. Is this the name of the actor or the character? I came off the Oh,
2: the real life actor. Good distinction. The actor. Yep. Okay. Yep. Kevin. Yeah. It was a little bit later on. I'm taking period. the point for that.
1: <laughs> I, four, I said so. it like at the same time. You straight up didn't. We have it recorded. I think we that I did straight up did not. But I whispered it in your ear. And <laughs> <laughs> you, you can't hear, hear that on
2: the mic. What What's next? Okay, the next one. Uh, one of them is the host of Temptation Island on USA Network. Wow. Jesus Christ. The other, <laughs> the other said 9-11 would have gone down differently if he was on that. Oh,
1: play. my God. Mark Wahlberg? Yes. <laughs> there's, there's two Mark Wahlbergs and <laughs> another the fuck? Mark Wahlberg. I just knew
2: the Mark Googled Wahlberg these. did
1: that. <laughs> I, Me and my girlfriend
2: watched Temptation Island. We watched a season. Blew my mind. Is it spelled exactly the same? The The host doesn't have an H. But that's oh, the only oh, difference in Wahlberg. But he's still Damn, just being so, like,
1: hey, everyone, I'm Mark Wahlberg. And today, <laughs> man, you got to change your name. Go by Marcus. Point. You don't even want to be named Mark Wahlberg in 2021. <laughs> okay. I'm Marcus Mark in the fucking, I so got my Marcus, funky bunch here. Mark, <laughs> Marcus Mark in the sassy bunch. Mark, okay, the sassy he goes, group.
0: He goes by Mark L. Wahlberg. Uh, okay
2: michael
1: b jordan i've only done that one no nah, yeah, that one would be he, too easy though <laughs> yeah. you know, like one of them was an actor in a reboot of rocky and the other one is the greatest basketball player of all time <laughs> right.
0: the other one started for an nba team for a stretch <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes okay number
2: three um one is a professional golfer on a pga tour the Adam other scott Damn it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I was oh, like, I was, of Dunshire I was literally God, about, as soon as you it. said
1: that, I was just thinking of another Yeah, Let's fucking go. Damn, uh, Drew um, proud. Drew, uh, Drew is is a Jeopardy boy. So.
0: You just <laughs> buzzed in before. Yeah, well, you buzzed clear. in before
1: actually you were allowed to buzz in, so you don't get it. Negative $2,000. I
0: think people should be allowed to like rudely interrupt the <laughs> Jeopardy host and just be like, no, I have it now already. So. <laughs> Trebek would so like Trebek, how about you fucking you. stop? Um. <laughs> he would glare at you from the <laughs> grave. He would hate James so much.
2: Anyway. No, that's funny. And it's like ah, the last one. All right. One wrote the screenplay for the movie The Animal, and he wrote and directed the movie The Hot Chick, Rob Schneider's two best. The other is a backstabbing team hopper that beat the Chiefs by an inch in the Super Bowl.
1: Um, wait. So okay. So it's not. Was this this
0: past Super Bowl with the Chiefs? Yep.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yep. So That's it's not. That's a good question. Actually. Yeah. Oh. oh yeah, okay. Oh, a... oh. Never mind. No, I was thinking of the offensive lineman who jumped offsides. Um. That led to the Patriots going to the Super Bowl and winning their sixth uh, Super Bowl championship. Um. Who Who moved from the Chiefs to the Bucks? <gasps> wait, oh, wait. Let me
2: let me reframe this, guys. I, I poor I executed that poorly. So. <laughs> one guy the other one is a backstabber who i don't uh, like now it's obvious went from new england all the way down to florida to take the town tom tom brady. or tom, tom, brady. tom brady i They're got it right i got it
1: baby <laughs> I it got it, the baby. exact
2: same. He wrote and worked with Rob Schneider, Oof, man.
1: It feels so good to hit a win on a Tom Brady question. I'm just, you, barely, I'm you had to
2: get a layup slandered there. old Tommy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Yeah. It's,
1: it's funny because I'll take it. Um,
0: since, since that guy works with Rob Schneider, I'm sure he has the same political leanings as Tom Brady, the football player. <laughs>
1: yeah and that he's pretty agnostic whenever it comes to politics and he's back really backed me i'm hearing such thing as that i'm
0: hearing that they're actually the same person <laughs> football player tom brady directed the hot chick
1: i think that well i think that's true awesome. i also think that tom brady actually does have an alter ego and his alter ego's name is uh is it rob should I hear? Is, that, is that is that is that right is he is tom brady the hot chick <laughs> Is Tom Brady is. Deuce Bigelow, the American Gigolo? Oh, I you wish. Man, I really do wish that. We we have to stop talking about Tom Brady. Oh, God, I know. I'm at like I'm I'm at a full chub right now, guys. It's it's it, we can't get any more podcasts. I, I wish Tua was the Zohan. It's okay. Well, Tom Brady's kind of dead to me. I'm a Mac Jones guy now. So anyways, speaking so. I'm of a McCorkle guy, guys. The New England Patriots.
0: Mel Gibson was a patriot in *The Patriot*. Okay, a war movie okay. <laughs> about the American Revolution. Mel Gibson also made a war movie called *We Were
1: Soldiers*. Could have been Nick Cage was a soldier. There was so oh. much closer of a link that you could have just gone. You could have gone four Speaking links. Speaking of patriots, here. soldiers, um, <laughs> soldiers,
0: the Wind Talkers were patriots. Um, <laughs>
1: Yeah, speaking that was just of
0: Buccaneers, <laughs> I hey, pirated Buccaneers this movie. Pirate.
1: <laughs> I, I have a question. The- I have an important question for you guys, which is: Would you just casually, out in public, rock a tan suit with tan pants and a tan tie? That's all just the same shade of beige as each other. Cause that is what, uh, I don't know. I had to specifically write that down in my notes. Cause that's just a thing that Marines wear, I guess is just Mm. all the same color. And my like comment was just like, why don't you just wear a fucking jumpsuit at that point? If you're just like, I just want to have the same color for everything.
0: It is that the official Marine
1: uniform for the Pacific? front maybe i don't know you're wearing like a mustard shirt right now ernest as we're recording this you're like halfway there really i'm missing the tie though that's everything
0: yeah you gotta get that beige tie all right so thanks for your 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 game brian um, we need more energy like that on this We need more Podcast. people to bring us Why do you think that Tom yeah. is a
1: backstabber? I just
2: want you to know. <laughs> oh, just no. All right, well, you know, it's, I don't love his, I don't know. It's just, he learned how to tweet and lost respect from me. He He's hired just, a guy. No, he. I will I you you really tweet. don't know if that's him or not. It's
1: not him. He has never tweeted. I swear <laughs> to fucking God. I'm, a, I'm pretty sure I, I do receive text messages every now and then from Tom Brady, because I did uh, actually get his personal phone number. Um, that's not <laughs> his hop, personal phone hopped number over to Tampa Bay. I look. You know what? I I learned. I was a little bit better at the time. And you'll be. You're I've, like. I will be your race. I've course. learned to love him. I have continually bet money on him, and that also helps too. That I can just. I'm. I'm. I'm a root for Tommy. I agree with your sentiment, regardless of if you do or not, Brian. Thank you. Thank I, you, Drew. No, not you. I hate. <laughs> I hate him so much. He's now. not a
0: human being. He's tricked a lot of people into thinking he is one. Evidently,
2: if he were people in his eyes,
0: yeah. <laughs> if he were to be able to use twitter he would he would bring down the the world with the pictures of him kissing his son it would be cataclysmic
1: i look i mean come on like it's okay it's not it's not it's not gay or weird like you can just kiss your kids the like, problem okay. isn't like, the problem fine. is not that it's gay <laughs> He, no, people people are too weirded out by by kissing kids. Like it's fun. Like I kiss. It's okay if you're a dad. You can kiss your fucking child on the mouth. Okay. Oh god. Look, I'm from the south. It's it's not a normal thing down there in the south. I thought you were from, from New England. <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought it's, you were a Boston no, a weird, boy. <laughs> no, okay, I. I I push back against that because I think that that is a thing that people are just like, oh, dude, he's fucking gay for his son, dude. (laughs) Like, that's what people... That's what the Twitter thing is. You can hate Tom Brady for a lot of other reasons, but not for that one. You can hate him because... He's the sexiest man ever born. You can hate him because he's the goat. You he's, can hate him because he's, he's friends he's with a Donald Trump. Being he's what if Nicholas Cage
2: played Tom Brady in a biopic? Dude, now we're talking. <laughs> now we're I'm wind just talking seeing it. <laughs> <We're> wind <laughs> talking.
0: <laughs> Who actually is playing him? Army Hammer, right? Yeah. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Once everybody forgets about the whole cannibalism thing, I can I, that makes it. him I better that, suited for the role.
1: No, yeah? I think that I don't think that army hammer could do it because i think that the thing is you nobody can play tom brady because tom brady is like not a like he doesn't have much of a personality Neither does i Armie fucking hammer. love the dude but he does
0: not like army hammer is so inherently like not anything you know that like he'd be perfect i think he'd nail it and he's also like six five you know he was supposed to play batman um well nick cage was oh my Nick Cage was God. Supposed to play Superman. Did you know this uh, uh, Brian that uh the Superman deal? Yeah, there was a canceled Nick Cage movie um directed w- by Tim Burton. W- yeah, coming off of doing Batman where he was going to play Superman and they were less than a month away from shooting and they pulled the plug on it. And you can find pictures of him doing his costume test. Yeah, I they pulled the plug because one person finally realized that everything about that is a horrible idea
1: Yeah, nick cage is just not well, superman okay but play. here's the
0: thing last week during city of angels we were talking about how alien like his performance is <laughs> in that movie kal alien from krypton superman has to be hot stop <laughs> superman has to be nick cage is an ugly man did you okay if you go online you look up these pictures He has his Con Air hair. as Superman. The case is ugly. I want to see, I really want to see long hair
1: Superman though. <laughs> it's kind of like, ass. what a choice. The involuntary mullet. As, it is as funny, like, it's called. But you do have to be like the most traditionally hot person in the world. Like, I came right before uh recording this, seeing Scott Pilgrim's re release in theaters. um And Brandon Routh is in that movie mm. uh from Superman Returns. You, you phrase that really well, actually, saying, I came right before for this <laughs> i did because i did pull the Pee Wee herman in the movie theater and whenever i saw brandon roth come on the fan on the screen with his vegan powers mm-hmm. um you had a bit evil of a- Lex number three hunter had yes, a big adventure Lex uh in his pants <laughs> <laughs> um, no but brandon roth it's funny like that guy didn't go anywhere because he's not a very good actor but he's like kind of the quintessential superman from our childhood because he is just like a traditionally very beautiful man. He's really good in Scott Pilgrim, too. Yeah, he is great in Scott Pilgrim. He's really funny. I think that that's kind of one of his problems. That He's actually funny and he's not really good enough or charismatic enough to be a leading man. I'm coming around on Kayville. So next, bitch. I actually, I am as well. I think that he's starting to find really mission Impossible six got me back on the cable. Bandwagon. He's good. In, like, um I think that guys actually kind of funny.
0: He's yeah. good in Enola Holmes, the uh, Millie Bobby Brown vehicle, which is like a kid's movie, but I watched it. Um, and he's good in it. Like he's, he's very likable. And I was surprised by that. Cause I thought he was so unbelievably hateable and like BVS. Cause everything in it is. <laughs> Um, But yeah, no, I'm coming around on cable. That's my other big announcement.
1: Speaking of cable (laughs) (laughs) of Cable
0: in a gory movie. You guys remember that uh, movie I talked about a while ago called The Fall? The Lee Pace movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that director made another movie called Immortals and it starred Henry (sighs) Cavo.
2: Guys, I've seen that like three times. You've seen Immortals <laughs> 2011? Yeah, I oh, literally I watched it during my furlough period, a couple months back, like okay, maybe a year ago now. I don't know. It's like a COVID. Greek.
0: It's like a Greek um, mythology thing, right?
2: Yeah, and it's one of those movies where it's shot in a way that's so weirdly lit that it all looks like Greek god stuff, and then the Greek gods come down and they're like six nine, gold body paint. <laughs> It's oh, dude, it's weird. It's not great. And it's pretty surprisingly dark and gory. But Henry oh my Cavill. God. Damn, I haven't thought about that movie. In so
1: why have you I seen this movie it? three times? Is my <laughs> <question>. <laughs>
2: OK, OK, because I was on. I watched it when it came out um, at some point on TV over the summer. And then a few months ago, a Reddit comment had some video link to a battle in it. And I thought, oh, that movie kicked ass. Superman's in it. I love man from uncle. I love Henry Cavill. That's right. You're a man, man from, from uncle, uncle guys. Right? Yeah. You're an Absolutely. uncle guy. <laughs> I'm an uncle guy. This guy <laughs> you has... are a man from uncle. <laughs> I've never right? seen this
1: movie. Looking at the screen caps, it looks very 300
2: core.
0: Yes, it is. It is definitely ramping <laughs> off of that, uh, clout for sure. Like five years too late. <laughs> this is the least that we've ever talked about cage on a cage episode. And for good reason <laughs>
2: <laughs> to keep that theme. Can I ask you guys a question? sure okay another movie i've seen like three times um three kings with george clooney dude a david people. a russell baby bro very good movie i think it's about the i know they're in saudi arabia um
0: <laughs> hmm. i need to rewatch really that movie. movie i love the Clooney because
2: it's not a war film by any means but they're in the army over there but it's kind of like a treasure hunt deal
1: wasn't it it's like a gulf war movie yeah. isn't it yeah yeah That's yeah Mar- I, I knew it was late 90s so it was like not iraq war oh my god Marky mark
0: spike jones is acting in this movie <laughs> i do not remember
1: that wait are you saying the host of uh of a jackass <laughs> of temptation island <laughs> the host of temptation island is in oh, my mark?
0: Meant, spike jones of jackass fame no is yes. another I mean, movie we watched this week. we
1: did watch that for my birthday as well US jackass. have you ever seen the movie? first
0: jackass brian
2: i've seen like the one one and a half and two and i'm following some stuff about the new one they're making mm. yeah
0: they're in they were both in the hospital both steve-o yeah.
1: and uh knoxville it's That's kind crazy. of sad watching them now and uh seeing that like steve like seeing steve-o and stuff whenever it's just like he's like oh yeah i'm gonna like uh, try and tightrope and I've never done before over these hungry <laughs> alligators. And it's like, Oh no, he's so like fucked up on pills during this scene. Like they can't feel anything. It's a little bit sad. Um, but you know? No, nah, I don't think about it. Yeah. They're
2: the best part of Tony Hawk underground too.
1: I brought that up up while we were watching the movie because I know Drew and I think somebody else were saying that they've never been the biggest Bam Margera fans. And I was saying that I was always a big Bam Margera guy because of Tony Hawk games, because of Thug, Thug 2 and uh, American Wasteland, which is really when Tony Hawk series started to take a dip. But like Bam Margera is a main character in American it's Wasteland star. Thing. It's him and Tony Hawk. It's like you get drafted to one of their teams and everything else, like that. I forget the story mode for American Wasteland. All right. Well,
0: <laughs> let's get
1: to the, <laughs> okay, okay. Every the cage
0: Every week, we do uh, cage of Gories to close out the show where we uh, kind of wrap up our favorite um, quotes, moments, uh, cageness of this cage movie and this cage series. So, as we mentioned before, not the kegius movie here, which I think we'll get to in recaging couch in terms of like, you know, how else you could uh work this movie without the cage of it all. But the first category is cage quote. Not a lot of options. I have a couple. Um, oh, they're all bad. I do, the, is the thing. I think the best one is I live my life a quarter of a mile at a time. <laughs> the movies.
1: Um, so mine are not like good cage quotes, but they're still cage quotes. Um, the first one is at the very beginning of the movie, whenever the nurse is taking care of him, he says, uh, She's just like, You can't go back out there. You're a mess. And he says, No, Rita he's a mess and then yeah, points and he to points cripple. to a guy with no legs says i'm feeling better every day <laughs> and then he gets up and he's like stumbling around. yeah just drunkenly <laughs> stumbling around all over the place and then he goes to
0: war like two hours later yeah
1: um i uh hold on wait i have a couple other ones on here oh no this is another one it's whenever uh nick cage meets um yazzy uh enders meets Yazi, and uh Yazzie just like fucking dumps coffee all over his food Man. and everything. Yazzie's like, fucks whoa, it up. whoa, whoa. That whoa. scene is insane.
0: It's, <laughs> That's not a real thing that happens. It's never happened once. <laughs> it's inspired um, by true events, though.
1: <laughs> but Nick Cage says, you're blocking my view in so, the most monotone and yeah. flat and uninspired he's line so reading shitty
0: to this guy and yeah he does fuck he's up just so looking hard. at a
1: seagull and he's like
0: you're blocking my view he spills his his coffee and then he's like oh here you can drink mine and then he spills his own coffee all over cage's <laughs> fucking food
1: so i uh yeah, that was fun. Um, we did skip over this because we didn't really talk about the movie in specifics. But um, I did actually really like the sequence where uh, Yazi plays a Japanese person taking uh, Nick Cage as a prisoner mm-hmm. during that. That one was cool. From- well, that's that's my moment. That's, that's my moment. cage.
0: That's my cage moment. Yeah. Which, by the way, I was trying to I was going to make this point like an hour ago. But the whole thing with this movie is that these guys, these, these Native American guys, they communicate in their native tongue. And we get to see only one scene, <laughs> one of them actually doing the thing that the whole story is built around. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it, it they never go back to it. It's like this one, they get this one moment of glory. And then the whole thing is that like, oh, Cage and Slater's mission is that they have to murder these people. They have to do friendly fire murder because they can't let them be well, POWs. Cage, he
1: also kills uh, Flame Terror Man, so it's not just him. Yeah, uh, that. It's, I mean,
0: it's true. Like this was a real thing, it, but was that part a real thing yes. that they had to do friendly fire? To yeah, no. Your mission, should you choose to accept it? Shut up. It, it, I don't think, I don't know if they had individual escorts who that was their sole job, mm. but generally, yeah, you were not supposed to let the Navajo be POWs. You were supposed to kill them if they were in the process of being
1: Yeah, because I mean, yeah, I mean, that's, that's true. the whole thing is protecting um, the code. This was the big advantage. There is actually,
0: there's a thing on the, there's a uh, link. On the Wikipedia, where this movie made the top 10 most inaccurate mi- military movies ever made. Definitely. Um, Sounds about right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> does anybody want to take a guess as to the uh, website that wrote this list? Watch Mojo. You no. want to take a guess, Brian? Ranker.com. I'm, um, I
1: guess, Nat watch Gio. Mojo
2: is the funniest thing you could have <laughs> <laughs> I just found that YouTube channel like two weeks ago.
0: Oh, dude, you're, you're about to dude. go down a rabbit hole. It's, it's insane. insane. So many it's lists. a crazy rabbit it's hole.
1: It's wild. Like now that they've been doing it for so many times, cause they're like top 10, uh, anime villains with a mustache who have a little secret up their <laughs> sleeves. Like they're running out of the list to yeah. do. Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: Fi- final chance to guess. No? Um no. Okay. The website is careeraftermilitary.com. <laughs> oh no.
1: <laughs> so this is definitely like a website that actually publishes like real information that's helpful. And then they're also well, just like top 10 most inaccurate military. So
0: so they're they're trying to be like actually uh Native Americans love being in the war and no one would ever kill them. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's literally
0: the because they do a little paragraph for each movie, and at first I was like, "Oh, this is this is neat! Like this is the military perspective on Hollywood." (laughs) And then I'm like, reading, I'm reading the paragraphs, and I'm like, "Oh no!" Yeah, it's
1: it's literally
0: so. Most war movies are love to
1: die for their country. (laughs) Most
0: war movies are military propaganda, and it's pointing out the ones that aren't and saying, "Hey, these are actually wrong." Let me let me just read one because this is too good. Okay, number eight is Jarhead. So this is what this guy wrote about. Soldiers (laughs) don't get cheated
1: on. Soldiers actually don't have PTSD. It's crazy. (laughs) Listen
0: to this. According to veterans, many scenes in Jarhead are over the top and implausible. Ex Marine Nathaniel Fick cites a scene in which Marines dance around a bonfire, firing their weapons into the sky in celebration, as particularly unlikely, as well as another in which a minor character is accidentally killed during a live fire exercise. <laughs> That's never happened. That has never <laughs> happened. Pat Tillman. Not with fuck fucking you. these Americans. According to Marine Corps Public Affairs, this movie is an inaccurate portrayal of Marines in general and does not provide a reasonable interpretation of military life. Fuck you. Includes that they're being held down and branded with the Marine Corps logo both rare and taken out of context. Um,
1: Have you guys seen what are your guys' thoughts on Jarhead real quick? I I've never seen I it. think Jarhead fucking slaps. I think that maybe's like almost like just as good as 1917. As far as like a war movie made by Simandis. When Wind Talkers is number really four. fucking brutal.
0: Windtalkers it's Talkers is number four on this list. What's what's number one? Uh anybody want to take a guess? Brian, you want to guess what, what number one is on the most is it, a, is it a huge war movie? Yes. Apocalypse. No. That was Not, actually gonna be that is one of was... the most uh realistic. I think in in like general.
1: Well, consensus. I know I thought that people wouldn't like it because this website wouldn't like it because it's is it Saving Private Ryan? Yeah, Saving Private Ryan. It's also not on the list. Is it, makes it sense. Hurt
2: Locker? Hurt yes, Hurt Locker. yeah that, that makes locker. a
1: lot of sense. You got it.
2: Oh, it's yeah. too real for the people. Dude, that movie blew my mind.
1: That movie's really fucking good. Like, don't look too much into the politics of that movie, but, like, that movie is, like, Catherine... So, listen listen to what it says under the the heart locker. Uh,
0: Former British bomb disposal officer Guy Merritt said... James makes us look like hot headed, irrational, adrenaline junkies with no self discipline. Yeah, it's immensely disrespectful to the many officers who have lost their lives. He then like brandished a gun in anger at Catherine Bigelow. Dude, the (laughs) Academy Award winner. Honestly, the
1: Hurt Walker is like that movie is really well done. Like the tension in that movie is fucking incredible. Also, they they
0: threw shade at the number of bombs that the Jeremy Renner Renner character had diffused. So the movie says. He's a says, real
1: character. He's a real person. The movie guy.
0: says he's diffused 870 bombs. So they're like, ooh, um, actually, that is unbelievable. That is a lot of bombs.
1: Well, it's based it's on a real person. Like that I know, I think but that like is that's
0: actually, like right. he's like every, he's doing a like a bomb a day. But like, that's
1: also like just three, like three a day. It's like casual like pipe bombs and stuff like, like stuff that is just like it's not all like you have to put on the full bomb suit and like one and like kind of so you're right, you're repping stuff. for the realisticness of this movie. Yeah I'm, while I'm doing big, no research. I'm a big fan of the Iraq War, actually. Um <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I've been listening to, uh, to a blowback. To, to blowback
0: podcast and hard, I just... hard recommend to everyone for, uh, for the blowback podcast.
1: We can plug that podcast because it's not film related in any way. It's just about uh, the yeah. Iraq war and some, everything. Some other notable
0: entries on this list. Uh, Pearl Harbor made it in the number three slot. Yeah, that that one I will uh, co-sign um, and uh, enemy at the gates. If anybody has seen that mm-hmm. number 10. Um Let's see if anybody is what if it. they're like Schindler's list. The Holocaust <laughs> didn't happen.
1: <laughs> uh Man, the green the green berets. We're getting distracted even in the cage agories guy. This is the most unhinged episode that we've done of this cage series yet. <laughs> hey, like, 15 minutes in
2: <laughs> like 15 or 10 minutes in when I'm like, it's not the movie doesn't hold up too hot.
1: Um, I knew we <laughs> it's like, all right, cool, we can we can <laughs>
0: We'll so just talk it's gonna be that. a loose one so the next the next cage gory is best cage moment
1: oh wait wait wait! i have two other cage uh quote nominees We never. oh yeah we, did, we didn't even finish the cage um quote. i have two other cage nominees uh one of them is um hold on what a magical pile of navajo horses oh
0: my god <laughs> he's he's so gruff and obtuse for or, like, Three fourths of this fucking movie, man. Like, if he lightened up at the beginning of the second act, this movie would be like twice as good.
1: This is uh after I think it was the second action set piece. Also, whenever they do the whole Navajo horse shit line, and says, uh, Cage gets drunk as fuck off of sake, um, and he says, "Yeah, I'm a good fucking Marine."
0: <laughs> Brian, do you have any Brian? I oh. think Brian turned into a dog.
1: Do, we have, do, we, do you Do have any nominees for Cage quotes?
2: Honestly, no. I was when I was watching the movie I thought I'm going to use that for my intro. Like I'm a good fucking marine.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, so, when you said that, that took me right back, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it made me laugh. Just him drunk. We should have gotten a bottle of sake for this episode. Um, my <laughs> my cage quote is when he so
0: the 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 arc that cage goes in this movie, he goes from like a very indifferent bystander to you know a little bit of a defender. He has that one line at, at towards the end where he's like, Yeah, he's a chief or whatever he says. But there's a moment where he has like a real breaking point. Um and he's like yelling at um, Chick. I I don't yeah I don't remember if it's exactly him, but he's like, I can't do it. I can't perform my duty. Um, and oh yeah, no, off. it's to
1: the like general. That's that he's right. Talking to yes, yeah, he's losing his
0: shit. That that was the one where I was like, okay, man, you're you're doing a little cage here.
1: That's like easily the most cage moment because he raises his voice above a monotone. <laughs>
0: yeah, I think that's because the only other one would be that his. Death, but that's not the cageous moment. That's just I thought that he did a really good job. No, that dying. that
1: wins the nomination for the moment that Cage had. I know yogurt poured. Out yeah, it days. wins the hot yogurt
0: award. It's but I thought that that was a really good acting death because he did have to stammer out the final line, which was really corny. But he did he made death seem really brutal. I think this which movie, a lot what, of actors fail to do.
1: What this movie's coming down to, more than anything, even more than Cage, which is pretty dumbed down, and maybe it different actor could have made it better. I think this is just a bad script. I think that John yeah. probably did yeah. the best job he could with this script. Yeah, in 2002. Script for sure. Um,
0: okay. So next category cage, is cage moment, which I already said mine is when he plays prisoner. Um, and then he gets hit in his bad ear and he's freaking out. And then he just murders a bunch of Japanese people. One side note. We didn't talk
1: enough about that, about how, They make this big deal in the beginning of the movie that like he can't hear out of his left ear at all. And like then he says, like, it's messed with his like equilibrium that he cannot stand up straight. And that's just nothing. Yeah. The movie just forgets. That's just it, like completely forgets that that is how we are introduced to this. You know, I don't really want him to just be like falling. (laughs) Not even that, (laughs) but just great. Maybe have a scene like in there where like, they're trying to communicate something to him and they're standing on his left side and he can't get it. They, message across and people die because of that and then have yazi be like you can't hear out of your dead ear can you and slap some i don't know just something fucking fucking something no you're right that's something that is yeah
0: that's something that was sort of opened up and then never fully fleshed out um there's a lot of that in this fucking (laughs) brian any uh any cage moments that stood out to you do you have a favorite?
2: Uh I liked his role in that whole standoff at the waterfall when um Ben yeah Ben when he was like I don't know doing this water and hole kind of showering in the pond and stuff and yes. then oh uh, yeah Truman Show walks up on him and he's out of uniform and he knows it's Ben but yeah but he says you know how to,
0: brutally racist <laughs>
2: dude yeah yeah and I liked that it showed where Nick Cage was forty feet back out of sight but saw that. I don't know, letting Ben hold his own kind of a thing, and I like the sand garden scene. I like when they just let him talk for a little bit.
0: Mm.
2: Yeah, that's
0: that's a good scene to point out to the whole point about him being very indifferent. It reminds me of um, I've been watching a lot of Mad Men recently, and as that show goes on, it starts to get like deeper into the '60s and like the civil rights era and everything, and it shows you like how most people were just complete bystanders to the civil rights movement yeah
1: Mm -hmm. and those people weren't either active or uh like opposed to it yeah for like for
0: every like 15 people you had one person who's like actually trying yeah exactly actually trying to speak out against racism and, and take us as
1: being very generous. <laughs> if we're talking just like, with white people. then Yeah, yeah. no, it's, it's but the, the thing
0: about madman is like, you have like most of the characters in that show are like shitty people. And you have an idea of like, how, like what types of shitty they are. And you think that some are like shittier than others. And then you have a moment where like, they have an opportunity to be vocal against, uh, racism Mm -hmm. and in accordance of like the civil rights movement and it just reminded me of that how like cage is like in that scene he has an opportunity to shoot down the blatant racism of uh truman show guy Mm -hmm. of noah emmerich and he doesn't do it He straight up just he just lets it happen and ruffalo has to be the one to step in and then cage is like you do look like a Jap.
1: <laughs> can we uh, can we instead of giving Cage an award for this category, can we give it to um, Slater, Christian Slater for getting his head chopped off in this movie? Damn. So, OK, so that's seems- right fucking before that. My guy white horse comes in and fucking throws a knife like just incredible accuracy on it. It was a face off shot, the face off shot or even like a Conair um, shot of just like the zoom in with the knife moving, Or I guess it was the rock is what I'm thinking of the knife moving the camera, moving in with the knife and just stabbing a dude immediately right in the chest coming up. Behind. No, um, no doves in this movie. Yeah, I caught that. I did. I put that down as well in my notes. There's seagulls. Like, where are the doves? Definitely seagulls.
0: Yeah, there's no there's no doves in uh, mm-hmm. Japan, Japan or Arizona.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, how many? There's like 300 doves in a church scene in Malibu where they fucking shoot <laughs> face-offs. Have so. you been
0: to Malibu? <laughs> Me neither.
1: Okay, well there you go. Um, city (laughs) there's just catholic churches with priests just waving incense around
0: yes (laughs) and doves the next cage of is good cage or bad cage bad cage bad cage um he's not he he's not good at being understated because he's not inherently likable
1: it's funny. That's the problem. I thought this movie came out before matchstick men matchstick men is actually the year after this and match. He dials it back up to like another level yeah, just
0: a year later. He's still, this. but he's also showing that he can be relatively understated. He doesn't have to be maxed out cage because that movie is way more Tony than like <laughs> the face off or whatever. It's way, it's way more pared back. Um, and he shows that he can blend into a movie's tone like really, really well in that movie, that movie rules, um, this movie, he, this level of, of acting where it's all in the internality, he is not the man for that because his external situation is not one that draws the audience to like him. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean?
2: Yeah, absolutely. When I was remembering this movie, um, I really remembered more cage than there ended up being, And I didn't realize how kind of toned down it was. So it's not the best cage. And I thought, damn, I don't know. Matchstick men was was released after this one. So that kind of surprises me.
1: Yeah, I really thought that this was like, oh, this is when Nick Cage is really. But I was saying before off mic that I think that following uh, his like run as a action guy, even aside from the main three that we talked about before, even going a little bit later in with eight millimeter and gone 60 seconds, which are a little bit more toned down, but still kind of more base action movie style. I think that between this and like City of Angels, we're starting to see Nick Cage going to pr- like reprove himself to the critics as like, I am a capital A actor. Yeah. Serious. I'm serious. I'm not just. Yeah an action movie a list but i am more than that. audiences rejected the shit out yeah of people it. didn't like it he they're also, like no give me the give me the crazy cage he's
0: also by 2002 like this is in my opinion this is the most remarkable shift in his appearance that we've had so far uh between any two movies like he looks different here he looks older and tired and that's part part of it is the character but part of it is his physicality did change and i think it sort of is like a physiological thing where, like, his acting reflects that in a lot of ways. I don't think he wants to go for it like he used to. I think he's burnt out. Who knows when the pills came into the picture, but well, they
1: certainly did at some point. Adaptation kind of plays with that, right. which is another movie that comes out the same year. Adaptation plays with the idea of the kind of burnout who never really was able to hit the highs that they saw for themselves. I feel like
0: career. the the pills were this is when the pills started like it it seems like it right are we
1: do we think that he's just popping those painkillers they never actually gives them to the japanese child he's just taking those for himself sure it's the actual actor nick cage not the character it just seems like
0: he's sort of asleep at the wheel here um adaptation absolutely not he's great he's the shed um how many cages out of 10 where does this go on the cage meter brian
2: Oh, man, just with the knowledge of everything else he's done. I can't go higher than like three. Yeah, it's very low. I think that's
0: that's kind of generous. <laughs> I mean, dude, two to three. Honestly. Well, Brian, Brian, you haven't seen Face Off or Vampire's Kiss, right?
2: I have seen that New Orleans Cricket Cop movie on okay. Pluto TV. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yes. I'm I excited That's
0: a that uh, port called New Orleans. Yeah, that's bad, Lieutenant. Yeah. OK, we're talking I don't know about what it that. was called.
1: I'm that excited movie. i'm excited to watch the movie because i've heard that is insane
2: it caught me off guard and it's like i don't know what year that came out and it feels more recent than this or match oh that's late
0: that's late cage um because yeah like like we said matchstick
1: or something
0: yeah matchstick is oh (laughs) three um bad lieutenant he does oh man that's it's late when
1: it's like, is that yeah. like it's like the second to last movie on our series? So I knew that it was pretty. I think that the only movie after that is Kick Ass Bad Lieutenant is oh 09. Oh 09. Okay. Yeah. Cause wow. Kick Ass is what 2010, 2011, yep. something like that. Yeah. Um, I think I'd give this a one. I think that this is we talked about it last yeah, it's like week. That's like a one or two. I might I might maybe go to the next one. We talked about it, it last close to week a one. whenever we said like what's a one? What is a one? Cause we were trying to debate that while watching City of Angels. Cause City of Angels, he at least has one moment where it's like, oh, he gets to be Zany Cage. He barely there's has no Zany Cage in this. Yeah. Like I can't wait for it to happen. Any, yeah, like, right. Are you
0: waiting the whole fucking literally? Movie? Like, yes. Have a have a crazy. We're gonna
1: talk, <laughs> meltdown. We're going to talk about this in Recession Couch. I think that literally anybody could do this. Yeah, I think that any like we're going to name a bunch of names, and I think that literally any actor who is somewhat decent could do this part if they're playing it this way. Doesn't Nick Cage? in a war movie sound like an
0: amazing idea it sounds
1: great i feel I like there's do just this, so i want to i want to give potential. this movie a do-over can we get can we just get john woo back can we get the team back can we just be like new hey, writers yeah just we're gonna scrap the writing team but like hey guys we're just going to get everybody yeah. back. Nick Cage plays a Native American. Just try again. <laughs> just let's just do this. Let's just do a do over on this movie and try it again. Because I think this movie has a much higher ceiling than it ever it's reaches. A it ends up closer potential. to the floor. It could have been, been better. That's one
0: of the biggest things that I come away with this whole thing is that like this movie could have been. It could have truly been great. It's not horrendous. It ends up being pretty average yeah. just because the the action scenes like really like yeah. bring it up for me but that's like one of the biggest things is like you could have really done something really interesting with this i i don't want to go one because i feel like are we gonna get lower no i feel like <laughs> the stuff that we're not covering like all of the straight to red box shit I feel like that's a one. No, because like I think he's fully- making
1: choices in all of those movies. Because he's like, "Fuck it, I don't have to worry about you box wanna, office for do this." Do you want to be the one to fuck? Yes. Yeah. Let's <laughs> let's do a Left Behind watch and then uh, we'll look. We'll yeah. Back I, on
0: that. Well, I would also say that his voice in the 2010s, really starting in the late later 2000s, is so cagey when it wasn't really back then yet. Like, it just sounds like him. That, that yeah. Adds there, a there's like a life to it. There's like an animated kind of why am i not in this movie yeah. like he, it's just like he didn't have that yet and so genuinely this to me is a one put the bonnet down <laughs> uh next cage gory is recaging couch so i i have this thought i kind of teased it earlier but i think that the best way to fix this movie through a recaging give it to christian slater Just give it to him. He's already in the bench. All you do is you give him the role. He's got that energy. You don't really have to venture out too much into it. You just, you, you, you know, you don't do the guy who's like playing the fucking harmonica. Don't do that. Like, I get it. You, you, I understand that they want the guy who's like, being nice to the native Americans. You can still do that with the enders character Combine
2: hundred percent could have just been one of his other scenes. Yeah. Keep just, that. But yeah, dude, just reshift people. Yeah. Because yeah, this is basically what I said earlier
0: is you don't need Slater, Ruffalo and cage. Like they, they don't contribute entirely different perspectives to the story. You could easily combine these characters into two or even one Give it to Slater.
1: A, I I think Mark Ruffalo is like nothing. Like he's just, I mean, you could he's just, just toss that guy out I, think that, I think that we're putting too much prominence on his character because it's Mark Ruffalo ended up being the guy. Otherwise we there. would not say otherwise we wouldn't right. say anything about him. Like, I don't even think that he matters at all into this conversation. I, it's more about the Slater cage combo. I think,
0: I think Adam beach should have been the lead. Yeah, for sure. Yes. And then you bring in Slater as the number two guy. Um and you don't
1: even need cage. I think I have a problematic answer. What if Mel Gibson played the cage character mm-hmm. and he directed the movie? <laughs> no, 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 no. He's not directing this movie, but like 2002, I'm trying to think of somebody who's a little bit older, who has kind of the war background, who's able to play. I think that this could even be better if we are changing the script, if we're keeping it same as is, I want to make the Nick cage character more stoic. The thing is that Mel Gibson has a history of being pretty successful whenever it comes to playing a stoic person in a war film. And he's about the right age to play a general or a sergeant or whatever the fuck it is It's too hard to remove myself from. I, it's hard to remove yourself from the politics of it all.
0: Yeah, because like my answer, thing. I was just thinking, like, who is someone who is an asshole that you like anyway? Because that's what you need, because this guy is not likable. So you mm-hmm. need someone that you just like, despite them being a dick. And that to me is like Bruce Willis like you yeah, just come up for him. Yeah, there's just something magnetic about him where you just but like But 2002 Willis is so just he's older but like
1: like unbreakable. Okay. He's not That's that, a good point. He's not super old. Yeah. How about this? We just make the we make the Ender's character half Native American. No. And we put Daniel Day Lewis in the part. What? We make because last of the Last of the Mohicans. Have you ever seen Last of the Mohicans? Daniel Day Lewis plays an adopted half white, uh, half Native American man in that movie. Mm, Brian, Not the best luck, but who's your pick?
2: All right. So at first I was thinking Adrian Brody. <laughs>
1: that's, Yo, that's awesome. I mean, this is Pete 2002. I mean, this is Adrian Brody's prime right here.
2: Because it's not Nick Cage going crazy. So we were talking, and it's like, shit, it could be anybody. And he is wonderful at being very human in everything I see
1: him mm-hmm. in. It's like, I don't know, I like that guy. This is the same year as the pianist where he won the Oscar. That was a wild 2002. Yeah. If 2002, <laughs> if he was in this as like the lead as like a battled sergeant who's very conflicted has severe PTSD and then the pianist in which he plays a jewish person like double dipping on the world war ii the pianist era. is such a sad ah, movie, dude. dude the pianist is yeah. have you guys at brian have you ever seen the pianist Dude, we
2: got it from the local library and got like 30 minutes in and just turned it off. It's it's a, it's a brutal it's movie. very it got, upsetting. I don't need to finish it. Yeah. Norman,
1: Roman Polanski is a problematic character as well. Uh, whenever you look at his personal yeah. life, um, <laughs> arguably much worse than even Mel Gibson because of the acts that he has committed. But that movie is pretty remarkable. What What is it that they chop? Is it a peanut
0: I, chocolate or caramel? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah that they just like cut up into like just tiny little slivers to eat and everything. It's a real movie. I mean, the greatest story behind the pianist is that that script was going around for a while and Spielberg wanted to make it. And then whenever he saw Polanski's version was just like, yeah, no, it's good. I didn't make it because I couldn't have actually told the story as real as it needed to be told.
0: Oh, Polanski won best director. Yep. Like he, was already, he was already, he was already out at that point.
1: Yeah, he uh, was not able to attend the ceremony because he, he is a pedophile. He's not allowed to ever enter the United States again or he will be arrested immediately. And he had a movie that just won the Cannes Film Festival like two years ago.
2: <laughs> Can I say started. my one B? <laughs> What's your
1: one B? John Cusack. Wow. Come on. Wow, guys, I'm, I'm, I'm. <laughs> We need this energy on here because Ernest really hates John Cusack. No, I, no, I know you guys have talked about it before. I feel like because Cage is
0: so just not Cage in this movie, you could you could slot Cusack in and it wouldn't really. I don't know. If
1: it wouldn't. It wouldn't hurt. It wouldn't hurt the movie. You had to throw a stray bullet at Cusack <laughs> with throwing this in here. I think that. I think that the way to improve this movie is you either add somebody with charisma, so like a John Cusack, or you add somebody with stoicism, like a Mel Gibson or a um a Brody. Okay. Or wait a minute. Somebody like that.
0: Bruce Zodi- Willis,
1: Zodiac era Robert
0: Downey. Yeah, I mean, Zodiac was a few years after this. Yeah, five years later. Yeah, but still, like that—that that level of dude, like even like Iron Maner, like he, you know, he's old enough to be a soldier that has seen time. Right. Um, they aged him up really well. I mean, that's the thing. It could it could literally be any. Any. It could be any. But he, I think he would do a great job because you like him, but and he's also is good at acting and he's good at being an asshole that you like anyway. That's yeah. his entire deal. Dude, what if it was I, Deadpool? <laughs> <laughs> You're probably wondering how I got here. <laughs> so I have, I have... This guy's a Native American? What the H? <laughs>
1: <Okay>. <laughs> I don't think that either of these guys are enough to be leading men. So they're probably only people that you can have if you change this movie so that the Ben character, the Ben Yazi character is the main character. But two of them that came to mind are Willem Dafoe, because I think that he can play kind of an asshole, but like I could actually see Willem Dafoe is good enough of laying things play off of his face that I think that he could do the heavy lifting but this for is bad a script. serious war film. Willem Dafoe is in Black Hawk Down. He could do it. Oh, he is? I think so. I'm pretty sure that he is. The other person who came up is another movie that was in, or another actor who was in another Nick Cage movie, Ed Harris. Of if we change yeah. this and make this a bin, yeah. I don't think Ed Harris has had. Would carry this movie old. enough? He, yeah, he always brings old vibes. Yeah, he's been old
0: since he was like thirty. Yeah,
1: what? What? Will? No, he wasn't in Black Hawk Down. What? Willem Dafoe was definitely in a war movie that I've seen. Uh,
2: like. Apocalypse Now, I think, with Charlie Sheen. No, no he is no, <laughs> not, um, not. It is late in Kansas, boy.
0: A, a guy who would have been in discussions for this that I think would do really well is Kev, uh, Kevin
1: Bacon. Why? What? Kevin Bacon and Slater would have had really fun chemistry with each other on the screen. That would have been, that would have been really fun. Why is every
0: person in black Hawk down? (laughs) Can I get so, so here's the cast for black Hawk down. Dude, it's an unbelievable cast. Josh. I've never seen it. Me either. I got to check it out. Josh Hartnett, Eric Banna, Ewan McGregor, Tom Sizemore, Willem Finchner, uh, Orlando Broom, Tom Hardy, Jason Isaacs, Hugh Dancy, Nikolai Koster Waldo. Oh, yeah. Uh, Ty Bur- Burrell. Um, there's
1: a bunch of like that guys that. Yeah, there's would, so many you would guys that you just their see face. their face and you're like, yeah. oh shit, like this guy was in here. Oh, modern family. Oh, yeah.
2: That's why I knew that name. Ty, Ty Burrell. Burrell. He's the yeah. dad. <laughs> yeah. He's I, a vampire movie too. I think
0: sick. It's a, it's a fun movie. I think, I think the best recaging couch is you either do a Adrian Brody or you change the script. Take the character, take the, the ender's character, restructure it, put him as a side character, put Christian uh, Slater in there. He's already in the movie. You just retool that character to be an amalgamation of some of the side guys. You got yourself a killer movie with Adam Beach as the lead, which obviously
2: That's that was thing. not going to happen no,
0: in Adam beach is is lovely. Um, you could I guess you could still put Cage in there just not as ender's like you put Cajun as put him as the uh, racist
1: guy in the group of <laughs> uh, jericho
0: put him uh-huh. as- sure if i
1: yeah if adam
0: beach came around now he would be an a-list
1: i yeah i want to do adam beach's career over again because he's like very very charismatic at first it's kind of sad but because the script wasn't very good at first it's been the first part of the movie being like is this guy kind of bad and then i was like no this is guy is actually just like a beacon of light in this movie yeah he just uh like if he came around now when he probably started as like
0: you know like a 20 year old maybe he would just be in like uh he could still have he'd, he would be in um Riverdale. <laughs> I
1: was like he'd be in a Marvel movie. I don't know I mean, just...
0: he could still have a run. He's he's 48. Like it's not too late for him. Yeah. It's just sad that like when you search Adam Beach, the most well-known role is this one. It's Wind Talkers.
2: Um should be Joe Dirt. <laughs> I love Joe Dirt. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I mean, it's it. It was just sad. I mean, the, hey, Joe Dirt is. <laughs> the movie cracked me up as a kid, dude.
2: I, I'm a David Spade guy. Dickie Roberts. Mm, hey. I was a go. simple kid. I love. Our next, movie. our next career arc series is David, David
0: Spade. David Spade. <laughs> and we're gonna do the the TV show Rules of Engagement episode by episode, and just shoot me before that. Just if, shoot me.
1: If you look at, I mean, just. Even still in 2021, it's things are getting more like more representation happening. There still hasn't been enough for Native Americans. Like, I mean, think about I was thinking about this while watching. This is just like it was so sad. Like if you were a Native American trying to be an actor that you're just this was probably the most generous role that you could possibly given. Like, I mean, I fucking love the dude, but look at just uh, 10 years prior than this Twin Peaks. Guy who plays Hawk, Michael Horse, who I think is an yeah. awesome actor. He is so good as Hawk in Twin Peaks, but he has to literally play like a Native American chief who comes over and joins the police force as like the eighth or tenth build character on that TV show. At least he's in there. Yeah.
0: You know, that's that that was my main point at, at the top of the episode, is just like even the tiniest little bit is it's, notable. Yeah. Just because it's such an it, underrepresented group you know i mean we we've we're we having moments for like so many minority groups you know black americans asian americans i think that native americans like they have been so decimated by white colonialism and that they're well they're also uh there's no like they're not growing in population yeah, they've been steadily, yeah, steadily decreasing. shrinking. It's not like yeah. this, they are literally. It's not possible for them to emigrate into America. Obviously, right. they've so, just been absolutely destroyed. Yeah. So the the tiniest little bit that we get in Hollywood is commendable, even though um, the movie, you know, could have been better. I'm glad we watched this though, because I'm obsessed with this type of movie that is. It's not like an infamous flop. It's not like it's famous for being a flop, right? It just is a movie that came and went, and is just like fully gone from the conversation now. Even though it's it's got all the a listers, it's got a listers.
1: It's made by a, yeah, a great filmmaker. The,
0: the blueprint, the blueprint of the movie is right. Like everything seems like it's it's primed to be great, and it just isn't. And it those movies are so fascinating because it's really. It's like going, uh, it's like an investigator going to see like what started the fire after yeah. it, like in a burned down house, like what happened here? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, 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 it's so curious to see like, what was the tiny little thing that could have been to, yeah, to for, make it work for, yeah. And uh, frankly, I'm, I've realized I think most of the time it, it's just script, like fix the script. You know what I mean? You cannot overcome script. Writing is hard. Script. <laughs> yeah because they 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 clearly did a lot in the production that isn't in the script like the explosion the budget and was the, there
1: i mean it's you know like that
0: you just you cannot overcome you can only overcome it if it's a dumb script but it's like supposed to be a dumb movie anyway.
1: Right? Or I think, well, we've kind of we've talked about the two thirds rule before. I think off mic about if you have un- unbelievable performances and unbelievable director, then you can usually overcome a bad script to make a pretty good movie. I don't think the performances make enough to make this a two thirds movie.
0: No. Yeah. Definitely not. Well, because also performing a bad script is hard.
1: Yeah. I, no. I
0: mean, that's the thing is that script is important. I also think that there was probably a lot of stuff that just got cut out. I'm not sure like what actually got shot, but like you can see threads like the whole. There's like a whole like religion bit. They're, yeah, they're talking it about doesn't like doesn't go
1: being anywhere. raised Catholic.
0: Yeah, you're. That's right. not a thing. And also, just there's so much going back to the the bit where Christian Slater gets his fucking head cut off, like that moment seems like it was cut down to not hit an NC-17 rating because mm-hmm. there's already so much gore in the movie that they couldn't show a guy's head just being chopped off yeah. by a sword. So, you know, if they're already taking stuff out, To hit the R rating and not get an NC-17, you can imagine that they're going to be trimming plot stuff, too, to just keep it lean. So Mm -hmm. I'm sure that that it was it was a a post issue
1: as well. Brian, do you have on your DVD the director's cut? Because I did see it. There is a director's cut that's like 20 minutes longer than the original, the theatrical. Yeah. What does it say on there?
2: (laughs) Uh, no director's cut. Just from the director of Mission Impossible One and Two. That's um, not true. That's
1: false. <laughs> Wait, what is only M- the director of Mission Impossible Two?
2: <laughs> oh, M I. I thought it was M One Two. No, it's M I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, M colon <guys>. I <laughs> colon
0: Two. Oh,
2: John Woo.
0: Yep. Okay. That's is he boy. still
1: making movies, or what's he doing now? Yeah, he he's an old man so he doesn't He actually have... he just has birthday this past week May 1st so happy 75th birthday to he, John Woo May, may the 1st be with
0: you. He's mm-hmm. been going back to doing more um kind of uh Asian Chinese Hong Kong cinema. So if you just look at his credits for the last couple of years, hopefully it's good. Um it's nice. all just like Asian cinema. The last big movie that he made um in america in america was paycheck starring ben affleck yeah what was that
1: 2003 yeah 2003 2003. wow yeah i mean yeah his last movie came out in 2017 that that, i mean that's sort of
0: how hollywood worked it still is sort of like that but not so much where like once you flop you're out and he you know he flopped hard that's a big loss this movie yeah 150
1: million dollar budget down the toilet. Made. didn't even recoup it. I mean, it probably made some money back from all the libraries around, <laughs> just being like, "Hey, can we buy the rights to?" Yeah, libraries libraries rent out your millions TV.
0: to get those DVDs. <laughs> the Leon County
1: rich. Public Schools and Public yeah. Library System really
0: shelled out for this. A lot movie. of a lot of twelve-year-old boys picked it up, thinking like, "Is this as good as Saving Private Ryan?" And they're like, "And then they just turns put it out it's not." <laughs> back on the shelf. <laughs> Uh, well brian thank you so much for joining us um you inspired the series with uh your first appearance with matchstick men so we gotta we gotta thank you for that we gotta thank you for donating every month we're watching all these movies uh and covering this this journey of cage thanks to you And your generosity,
1: so thank you. I wanted to ask you, um, as one of the producers of this podcast, do you have any pitches on the next actor? We we're probably going to do a bracket, but do you have any people who you would love to see us go through their filmography? Somebody who has a real arc, yeah. Someone who's incredible highs and low lows.
2: Honestly, uh, one of my ride-ins was a just tangential thought about Matt Damon, and that's a good one. (laughs) I just finally watched the ballad of buster, buster scruggs. scruggs i don't know the golf movie <laughs> yeah that's not and, that one <laughs> no dude i'm talking we're talking lows um there's oh god downsizing i think it was i don't know Heyman, <laughs> he's <laughs> polarizing him and ben affleck dude they just buddies i don't know i don't want to say them though because there's absolutely a better choice um but i do want to say i love the podcast and you guys are so good at podcasting god you that's got me through brother. covid i mean it honestly it's wow thanks so that that really good people
0: you don't you don't know how much that means especially coming from someone that's like pretty impartial considering we didn't know you before we started doing this Bro,
2: i listened when cats came out i think i found you guys talking about the under the silver moon movie and then <laughs> skimble shit i never watched cats <laughs> So I don't
1: get the jokes. But. Boys,
2: what's working?
0: Okay, so guys, know, guys, no.
1: what if we do? All right, let's do a Matt Damon series as we are each playing cats, and I will only ever talk with a Boston accent the entire time. Oh, no. Be please. like, he has the thing with Matt Damon. Whenever you take him down to the Garden, you're going to see. He's got some good acting chaps.
0: Brian, you have the ability to veto this and please do it right now.
2: <laughs> no, I am not. I, I this. am Skimble oh, Shanks. Yeah. I'm no, Skimble shit, Shanks man, the real John weak cat. Hamm. John Ham John Ham hasn't been in enough Skimble movies. They, I don't Damon know where he the, came from before Mad Men.
0: No, I mean, nothing. That Listen, was, here's no. the thing with Wrong Tum He's
1: got a great postgame. game. He's got a great ass. <laughs> He's got a great ass. <laughs> and you walk your head all the way up in it. i would rather seen on like a Brooklyn with. accent in there like it's I don't know what that. You're going a little bit too nasally with it.
0: <laughs> all right, uh, uh, Brian, thank you so much. I keep I keep wanting to say Adam. It's Brian Adams. I keep yeah, tripping dude, over. The-
2: <laughs> hey, maybe George Clooney instead of Matt Damon because Three Kings kicks ass.
0: He hasn't, I don't think he's been bad enough. That's a good point. Clune Dog has he been just he's, fucking, he's had he, some stinkers. We can F- talk we could also talk about
1: uh, George Clooney's directing filmography because that's no. a little bit more checkered. No, no, no. <laughs> no, those are bad. If we, no, I'm saying if we want to add those. some lows into the George Clooney, we can just talk about his directing films.
0: Thank you so much Brian. We really appreciate you being on. We appreciate you uh bringing the uh the obscure cinema to this series because I uh, I really thought that City of Angels was going to be the most uh obscure one in the series, but you had to come in with Wind Talkers and I'm glad you did because it it yeah. marks a inflection point for Cage um because After his 90s run, it was a little bit of an uncertain path where he would go next. And we're going to find out next week where that would be. Um, It's a little bit of um, kind of a rocky path, some highs and some lows moving forward. So um, who's on for adaptation next week? We got Harry. Absolutely. We got Harry. Um, So another hard recommend if you haven't seen that, Brian.
2: I'll watch it before the episode comes out. I listen to everyone. It's very... (laughs) It's
0: it's a movie about making movie. it's a it's a movie about making movies. That's all I'm gonna say. It's an adaptation? incredible movie. Adaptation, mm-hmm. yeah. Directed I'll by Spike that. Jones.
2: Okay, yeah. adaptation and um, Face Off this weekend. I'll watch them.
1: Yeah, if, it's a wild double feature. <laughs> I, I I support it. That's like my double feature core right there. Is just that, like that in rocks. my head,
2: they're the same film.
1: No, I mean, I don't know what they're about. I will say, I'm in Nick in Cage. a way, there's two Nick Cages in each movie. That's all that I will say. <laughs> That's a good point. If Nick Cage switched faces
0: with Nick Cage, yeah, why? I, 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 you know, I love you going and imagining them to be the same movie. I want to know, I want you to report back. I want
1: you to watch Face Off and be like, I'm expecting the same movie (laughs) going into Adam's and then I'll put on
0: adaptation. Yeah, send us an email with with your results.
2: (laughs) Oh, you guys crack me up. I will follow up 100%. Okay, (laughs) Just,
0: just know that face-off is a movie that is wholeheartedly an action movie adaptation is a movie that's trying not to be an action movie and maybe oh. it is that it, and maybe it's not adaptation is like it's a movie that they teach in screenwriting classes it's a movie it's about, about adaptation because it, it's about it's, screenwriting. because it, yeah it's about it's, it's about the guy who wrote the movie trying to write the movie exactly um right and it's, on yeah it's just it's like just super recursive like snake eating its own tail it, and you're like oh this is
1: pretentious and yeah he is like yes this is very yeah pretentious. it's hard to
0: explain without sounding like a prick because it's also like <laughs> charlie Kaufman's the only person who's allowed to just break the rules of screenwriting and do the like rule number one is you don't write your movie about a writer with writer's block because that means you have no imagination yeah. rule number exactly one you don't did. you don't cast nick cage as yourself <laughs>
2: But we're on sequitur (laughs) or no? Please, what's
0: up? We're already getting into next week. I
2: know, I know. What were you gonna say? (laughs) I was just gonna say I loved Birdman, so I think I'm gonna love Adaptation, and I don't know if that's a connecting thought. I don't know. Kind of is. Are those similar Uh movies? Adaptation little, is Birdman is,
1: is kind of about the struggle of like direction, and there is a little bit there of everything of just kind of getting very meta and almost supernatural to a certain point. Right. I really like Birdman. Birdman, Birdman has rules. gotten a lot of shit. Like Birdman, there's been a backlash to Birdman it. over the last couple of years. It um, you were like two people were like, "Oh, is this really a best picture winner?" It's like, "Yeah, yes. this movie kicks ass." Do you know, what great. yeah, good like it? suck all the time. You so, that
0: nah, they don't, but <laughs> um that that's Shakespeare fair. in love is pretty adaptation good. is like really crazy. Like it's zanier. It's, it's very like off the wall. Anyway, you're
2: building this. H- I,
0: I know. I'm sorry. I, I just said, I did. I didn't want you to know anything no. going into the
1: <laughs> And then we spent four minutes. I still don't know what about
0: it's about. Him. I'm so confused. <laughs> it's it's, you might watch it and still not. Perfect. know. <laughs> it's, it's a weird movie. It's an all timer. Um, thank you for coming on. Thanks though, for coming on.
1: Brian, do you want to plug your uh, Twitter or? Please, Anything? please plug, plug- oh, away. Oh, hey
2: guys! The best college in Kansas, Emporia State. Uh, my name is Brian Adams, ESU on Twitter. If you want some sloppily thrown together sports wallpapers
1: for your phone, I got a link in my bio. Oh, I don't yeah. know. They are not sloppy; they're very beautiful. The stuff, dude. I had
2: to do day. old Tom Brady, but on the Patriots, not the it Bucks. Made, it, well, it made me feel good that you put them on the pats. I'm <laughs> glad. <laughs> no, you guys kick ass. I appreciate it.
0: Thank you so much, man. Uh, we love having you on. We'll have you on again soon after uh, this cage series is over. Um, who knows when that'll be <laughs> for the next, for the next actor series may it be Matt Damon or whoever. So mm-hmm.
1: look, here's the thing about rum tub Tugger. He's a curious cat.
0: Thank you for listening. Uh, please rate review, subscribe, please donate like old brian over here we thank all the other donors like brian that have contributed to this show to this series we thank you so much um please also check out our website webottomike.net hopefully be uh having some thoughts on there uh perhaps gearing up to uh, fast nine, you I may might, have
1: some thoughts. I was gonna say I might be working on a little article right now. Scott Pilgrim, on there. But just something. I'm not. I'm not. I don't want to say anything right now. Okay. It's still in the rough draft zone.
0: Uh, if you want to email us, it's at gmail.com If you want to tweet at us, it's at weboughtamike. uh Stay in touch. Stay tuned to next week, as we said, it's adaptation, and uh, yeah, keep it real. Keep it messed up. Keep it vaccinated. Keep it Wabammy. And you stay safe out there. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Love you.
1: Bye.